Hello, this is Paul McGann. And this is Jake McGann. And you and are you're listening, listening to, to Travelling the Vortex. Ding dong. Somewhere deep inside your shed, yeah, yeah. Links is a heaven and a head, yeah, yeah. It's there these creatures like to dwell. The only ones. So if you're different, then you don't fit in. Say your life's the same. Come join with us and raise a cry to those gods up in the sky. We've joined the doctor as he travels the vortex and landed episode number 224. And I'm your god, Hermes. And I am Apollo. And I'm Hades. How are you guys? I'm good. Very good. Actually, uh, it. If this podcast had a god, it'd probably be Hermes, <laughs> because he's the god of boundaries and travel. Ah, so it's only fitting. Very good. I don't get it. Well, Hades kind of fits too, because I think we're the podcast of the underworld. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we didn't Some like that weeks. story. Actually, I thought about going with that, going with Zeus, but That's this was more of a Hades, Hades day. So and it's a bit, <laughs> Zeus is a bit more egotistical. Hey. Oh wait, yeah, that's true. I'm not <laughs> egotistical. See, helping you out. Which was the uh, Greek god of breakdance? <laughs> Probably Apollo. He was music. And- <laughs> Which is the Greek god of home improvement? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be you this week. It would be me this week. <laughs> What'd you do this week, Sean? I home improved. <laughs> I am- Did a little bit of DIY. That's, that's a verb, isn't it? A DIY. 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 I get my DIY. acronyms right. I did a lot of uh, make somebody else do it and supervise. <laughs> what's, what's the acronym for that? I having a teenager right yeah. now. <laughs> Where's the boy? <laughs> Send him for this. Move that. Pick this up. Help me screw in these bolts. I think the acronym things. is L A Z Y, I think. Well, I was L A Z Y this week, <laughs> let me tell you. Hey, wait a minute. Um, no, we, uh, we, we have had a, 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 a long standing. Uh, project that's kind of been there, but never picked up a hammer. How long so, you been here? Maybe three years this December. So two and a half. We've probably been thinking about doing this for two. Solid. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we Seems about right. We put some flower flower beds in and uh, and a little uh, rock garden type thing out in the back and moved a bunch of rocks out of the front and threw them away and flipped a section of privacy fence from one side of the fence to the other and just, just you know. Made the yard livable. We're very happy with it so far. Mel's ecstatic. Changes the privacy from one neighbor to the other. <laughs> we don't like that neighbor. <laughs> They're weird. I hope they don't listen to this podcast. They don't know which one they are. <laughs> well, I suppose if they knew where I lived and listened, they could put two and two together based on where the fence is currently at. But huh. no, so we, 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 we did that this week. And, um, yeah, like I said, I'm 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 jazzed. I think my yard is going to be usable now because I'm not really much of an outdoorsy uh, kind of person, nor am I much of a do-it-yourselfer. That's a bit better when you go out and grill. Yeah, let's get in grilling weather. Now I'm not much a, of a griller. He's got to grill up against the fence so he'll catch the fence on fire. He'll forget yeah. to move it because he's so used to it being right there. <laughs> well, where there's a, no fence. It's a gas. Grill, no, so the grill was up the against side, the other yeah. side too. So yeah, that was the first thing we flip. All right, <laughs> but um, yeah, so it'll be it'll be cool. What else did we did this week? We watched. I watched uh, me and Orson Welles, which is why I'm on my Orson kick, which was loaned mm-hmm. to me by a very good friend about probably also about two and a half years ago. Uh, <laughs> so I finally got around to watching it uh, with Zac Efron, 
who's the me. He's not Orson Welles. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. Christian McKay, maybe? Did a phenomenal job as Orson. And it, it, it was set in the um, kind of the early days when he's setting up the Mercury Theater. And I don't know why, because I'm a huge Orson Welles fan. Never really put two and two together. I don't know why you're a huge Orson Welles fan either. Oh, that's not what you Yeah, that's not what I meant. Um, but, you know, I think of Orson Welles and I think actor. I think radio. And I think film and director and you know, stuff like that. Mercury Theater on the Air started off as the Mercury Theater. There was an actual, honest-to-goodness stage presence that they oh, did. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know why I never really thought about that. And uh, it's a Richard Linklater film that's set during the Mercury Theater's opening production of uh, uh, Caesar. And uh, all the, you know trials and tribulations going on with it. And you can kind of see the beginnings. Well, not the beginnings, because Orson, I think, always had a pretty big ego. <laughs> <laughs> he was brilliant, and, and he knew it. And he was quite happy to let you tell him that. He was Zeus. He was, he was Zeus. He was Zeus. Um, Did it feel like a Richard Linklater film? Because there tends to be two different Richard Linklater films, the ones he writes and directs and the ones he just directs. You forgot the third, the one that takes 12 years to shoot. <laughs> No, it's very much in line with the other, <laughs> with the ones he wrote and directed. He, he did not. Just a long con. Uh, I, don't, I don't believe he wrote this one, uh, but it was written by the same team of executive producers. So he may have been involved in some way. Sounds like a book title. I wonder if it was based on a book. I think it was, it was based actually. off a novel according yeah. to Nimdu. Um, but it's thoroughly enjoyable, and I recommend it. And then uh, Mel and I also watched um, Fast Six, whichever one of those that is. I think it's That's the, the sixth, sixth one. one. <laughs> what I meant was, I don't know the individual title of. Is it, is, 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 it, is, is it Fast Six? Is it Fast and Furious Six? Is it The Fast and The Furious Six? Is it because? Oh, it's Fast and Furious Six. Fast and Furious Six. Okay, we watched Fast and Furious Six because it's Fast Five, Fast and Furious Six, and Furious Seven. Yeah, pretty sure. Sure. Okay. I haven't seen one of them, well. but <laughs> pretty sure that's right. I had seen the original, The Fast and the Furious, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure is the title of that one, and way back when it came out. And it was okay. Yeah, it wasn't great. It's kind of a B-movie about cars, which I'm not much of a car guy either. So, you know, it was okay. Um, and I, was, I remember being quite surprised when we saw the trailer for, for Six whenever it came out a couple of years ago. And, and I looked at Mel and said, when did they make Four and Five? Because <laughs> I knew there was a three. I knew they'd done at least there, three. There was a but... point there where, well, they stopped numbering them. Four was just Fast and Furious. <laughs> Not to be confused and with fast, the, the Fast, fast and, and the Furious. Yeah. And well, three the second wasn't one was three. like Fast and Furious Two, Tokyo Drift. No, that was three. Oh, was that three? Three was Tokyo Drift. Two was Too Fast, Too Furious. And oh, yeah, two right. had numbers two. in the title. T O O. No, it was two. No, it was, it was no, number, number two. Number two. Oh, too fast. Too fast. Too Furious. You know, clever that they are. There's a couple of them on HBO. Now this month, so. Um, but uh, so yeah, I, I hadn't seen any of these other ones. But what kind of got us excited is the trailer for Fast Seven or Furious Seven or whatever the whatever the seventh one is. <laughs> Furious Seven. Because have you have you seen the trailer for Seven? Uh huh. Like ridiculous Bond level stunts. Oh, almost A team level stuff. Yeah, like cars going out of airplanes and, and <laughs> so the movie or the TV series. The movie, <laughs> both. It's almost shooting a tank and navigating with in uh, midair okay. ridiculousness. And and, and when, did, when did this franchise become 
an action film instead of a car film. It's, it's funny because all the guys at work, that's their exact <laughs> when comment. When it got to number five or six, <laughs> and they, they realized, people just keep watching these. Justin at work said when the movies were about cars, they sucked. But then they got good <laughs> when they went, you know, what? Let's, let's, cars are kind of just a when thing. When they transporter. Yeah, really. Um, six, if, if you liked the AT movie with flying a tank by shooting, you know... <laughs> Six is the most amazing, phenomenal, dumb action flick I have ever seen in my life. It's that level of of, of ridiculous. It's it very much is a no way. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll allow it. <laughs> you know, there are tanks, and uh, you know he jumps off a bridge. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, well, there's no there's there's six, no too. absolutely way. And then there's no absolutely way, but I'm having fun, so okay. <laughs> this falls into the no absolutely way, but I'm having fun, so okay. Okay. That, that, that's what, so I, I was really, and I, I'm actually I'm a little angry because I kind of had this idea that we would see seven, and I was going to be the guy that saw the first and the last, <laughs> and knew nothing about anything in the middle. But now I kind of ruined that because I've seen six, so it's like, well, I suppose at some point I'll catch up. I've heard they left seven open so they can make another one. It's one of those franchises that I knew existed. I knew that there was, you know, up to a point, I knew there was only four. And I was like, okay, it's made it to four. Must be something to this. Now that there's seven, I'm like, okay, I think I'll seek them out and go back and watch them. Because if you got to seven films, <laughs> no matter how crummy they are, it's probably one of those situations where you're like, I'm having fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, 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 well, and there's, a, there's a great bit uh, toward the end where they, they, they get onto this cargo plane. And I'll on spoil the, it. I'm not spoiling it. On the world's longest runway, because this chase, the cars are chasing down the plane for like an hour, <laughs> and the plane's not taking off, and uh, the the muscle is there, and he's this huge. I mean, this guy's big. He's like nine feet tall, eight feet wide, big, and um, the, the the heroes of the piece go into the airplane to go fight, and Vin Diesel is there, and Paul Walker is there, and this guy shows up, and I'm thinking to myself, you better get Dwayne on the airplane, because he's the only guy that has a chance of beating this big guy. But they all go charging in there and get their butts kicked. The big guy's slamming them around, throwing, you know, he's throwing Vin Diesel all over the place. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he uttered, I am Groot at one point. Hucked him across the room. And the only I thing- am Groot! <laughs> The only thing that could, kept running through my head is the end of Princess Bride, <laughs> when Manny Patankin's going, Fezzik, I need you! He's getting away from me, Fezzik, please, hurry up! <laughs> and then The Rock shows up, and it's like, yay! Because now the, now the beatdown is on, you know. So. <laughs> now it's a fair fight. Now it's a fair fight, but yeah, it's ridiculous, but it was a lot of fun, and we, we had a lot, of, a lot of fun watching it, so I'm kind of a little more excited about seeing Seven now. Are you going to go and try to watch the other ones, or are you going to wait till after you see seven? Uh, I might just wait. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out the order. <laughs> no lie, no lie, because apparently Tokyo Drift, the third film, it's is like a spinoff. actually a, a pseudo-spinoff end film. Like, it's set far enough down the road, and then they kill the guy, who then is in four, five, and six. So you're <laughs> <laughs> So it's a prequel end of the last film of the bunch. <laughs> But then there was a tagline, at the, a, a cut, or not a cutscene, an extra scene at the end of six after the credits that explained the guy that got killed in Tokyo Drift and apparently sets up seven <laughs> because it's Jason Statham. So it's like, 
day. Well, it's kind of an in joke there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. So it's it's uh, apparently very Doctor Who because it. <laughs> Watch it in whatever order you want. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we might we might try and go see it. And then uh, I try to stay away apparently from the internet because everybody that I've seen has been complaining about apparently the new Ultron trailer is very very spoiler filled. I haven't seen a new trailer. I've only seen clips. Uh, one of the clips or something. No, the new Terminator trailer is very. Spoiler the new Terminator trailer I heard was very spoiler filled. So it's like okay, I guess I'm done watching sneak but, but, peeks and trailers and stuff. The new trailer stuff. for Ant Man looks incredible. It does. <laughs> does it? I was I, I was excited about the movie to begin with because you know it's another Marvel movie. But this one, this trailer really got me excited to see it, and I, I didn't realize it was already in July. I watched it and I went. That is a really well done trailer. That's going to sell the general audience to go see this movie. So then I pulled Caitlin out of her room and I said, come here, watch this. This is the next Marvel movie we're seeing after Age of Ultron. And she sat there and I kept looking at her thinking, oh, she's going to do the, the eye roll, the <laughs> typical Holly. Holly's very much like that with films or that are like, okay, seriously, you know. But uh, yeah, Holly kept would not enjoy at, Fast and the Furious. Kept, <laughs> kept looking at Caitlin and she's watching, she's watching and I said, so what'd you think? And she goes, Yeah, it looks pretty good. I was like, All right, <laughs> hey. score. So then I thought I'm gonna try this on Holly's. <laughs> so I said, Come here, watch this. So she watched it because she she was already eye rolling because she's been eye rolling since I told her there was gonna be an Ant Man movie. So she's been rolling her eyes, rolling her eyes, and how can they make an Ant movie? It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, so she watched the trailer and she laughed at all the right spots and I went Okay, you might be a DVD watcher. You might you might want to watch this when it comes on Blu-ray. So, Holly theater. was even seemed mildly impressed by it. So I haven't shown it to Sarah yet. I'm interested to see what she thinks. Of I remember it. the She's first the trailer not, not being impressive. Well, there wasn't much to it. Though. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it was really just kind of teaser. it was the one joke in the teaser, and that was it. And, and it took it very much seriously. While well, this new te- trailer shows the serious, it's got a real it's good balance. Nice balance. Yeah, yeah. there's a real good balance. <laughs> I loved all the memes already starting up. The the worst. <laughs> Enemy of the Marvel Universe is Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> oh, it's just the biggest great threat. They've got this. It's coming, and it's Thomas, and that's just a little funny because it's a big Thomas train. And then you see him put his arms up, and then you see it go off yeah. the track. <laughs> My favorite part of the movie or trailer. Oh, because he's super strong. Well, it's well, because it's, it's a small. <laughs> It's just cut it's away. It's on the table. It's just cut away this to this, to this, you know, because you're showing it. It says these great action it's sequences. In the right perspective it's very, the yeah, it's size. in the perspective from the the, uh, the characters. And, you know, it's this big giant train, you know, coming in and uh, what's the, the yellow jacket? Yellow jacket. Yeah, yeah, yellow jacket's in front of the train. He puts his arms up because it's going to hit him. And you see the big old tank, Thomas the Tank, you know, <laughs> face coming at you. And it's like, and you know, all this rumbling and. You know, I mean, it really immerses you and makes you feel like it's life size. And then it cuts away to the <laughs> corner of the room, showing just the train set in this kid's room. And then it goes off the track. It just—it's <laughs> <laughs> really good. You gotta watch it. But it didn't crush him because he's super strong, right? Well, I don't know. I don't and know about, because it's I don't plastic, know if Yellow Jacket's right? super strong. Well, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, size. Yes, size yes. is you know. That was the whole thing with Ant-Man. Based, based right? off is, the right? idea right. that Ant-Man is that super strong. Well, that's when he... Well, Yellow Jacket is, too. And he is you can deduce that aspect. Okay. Yeah. But it's also plastic. Well, uh, yeah, I get <laughs> I understand that it's a plastic train. I understand that it's a toy. What I'm trying to get at is the fact that you could still be killed by a plastic train if you were that small, because to scale, it's, it's a train. Well, I guess so. 
I like the scene between Michael Douglas and um, <laughs> Paul uh, <laughs> Paul Rudd. Uh, Rudd. And he says, I, I have faith in you. I, I, I think you know, it's time to get your life on track, clean, clean yourself up. You can be a hero. You can be a hero. And he goes, yeah, he said, oh, you know, I'm all done with breaking into places and stealing things. So what do you want me to do? <laughs> Michael Douglas says, I want you to break in somewhere and steal something. <laughs> and you get a... The trailer gives you also a nice hint of what Evangeline Lilly's role is going to be in yeah, the film. Yeah, it does. Finally. Yeah. Holly goes, who's that girl? She looks so familiar. Is it Kate from Lost? Oh, no. I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. well. Did she see the Hobbit movies? No. She's she the elf. The Hobbit movies. And there's not much else she's been in. And was I think it? Holly's only seen, or uh, Caitlin's only seen the second one. So, Well, which she was in, I guess. Yeah, that's the first one she was in. Luke Evans is the bad guy in, in Fast 6, and I kept looking at him going, why do I know this Is that Bard? That's Bard. Okay. <laughs> why do I know him? I had to look him up. <laughs> oh, it's Bard! <laughs> Dracula! <clears throat> no, not yet. <laughs> I watched a movie that, I, watch? I, that it took me two and a half years to get to. Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. <laughs> <laughs> That's also on my list. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Move it to the top. <laughs> As much as as much as I enjoyed Cabin in the Woods, the tone wasn't what I expected. This tone was what I expected from Cabin in the Woods. The tongue in cheekness is so great, and I'm not a big fan of uh, Taylor Levine or whatever the guy's name is. Uh, he was in Reaper and other stuff. The heavier set guy, not Alan Tudyk, uh, but he did a really good job in this. And Alan is hilarious. There's, I can't. I probably haven't laughed so hard at a horror movie since Piranha. Oh, well, that's probably... It's that funny. good. It's that funny. Glenn's moving it down on his list. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> it's not a Glenn movie. It's a Sean movie. Okay. Because <laughs> there's a scene where, you know, it's it it's set up where it's these two hillbillies, and it, it even starts very Cabin, uh, cabin Fever-esque, where these kids are going off to this woods and are going to go camp and going to party etc and then it switches perspective to the two hillbillies and then you're with them and so they've already they've rescued this girl that was with the college kids saved her life but the kids think they killed they killed her and were taking her body to do whatever with <laughs> and so, so then they're trying to find their friend and they sneak up on where their cabin is and Alan Tudyk's cutting a log and cuts into a beehive. And so he just starts getting stung and starts running down the woods. And then wind- <laughs> <laughs> accidentally winds up chasing one of the kids. With an accident. Screaming. Screaming yelling. And then there are moments where they're almost next, neck and neck. And Alan's kind of looking at him like, what the hell are you running from? <laughs> and then the kid gets killed because he runs into a tree. And it <laughs> shows back up in the cabin and is like, I saw one of your friends. He must be really allergic to bees. He ran like a bat out of hell. <laughs> and it's just stuff like that. It's so ridiculous. It's hilarious. Okay, I'll have to move that one up now. <laughs> Dude, it's, I'm so I'm disappointed in myself that I waited so long to see it. Uh, and then the only other thing we watched was the first episode of Daredevil. <clears throat> Which I was, added that to that's my, on my uh, list. I'm actually done. Are you? I figured you would be. <laughs> I saw your tweet. I gulped oh. all, all 13 the episodes. The first episode was so good. 
But we were so busy with house stuff, we didn't the get to it. Whole four, uh, 13 episodes are so good. Mm. Are they? There wasn't one of them that I was bored or, didn't, or thought this could be cut. It was. It's so well done. Wow. Yeah. It's incredible. Incredible series. And I, I you know, it, it was dropping Friday and I thought, I, I struggled with it. I, am I going to binge watch this? Am I going to play it out? Am I going to binge watch this? And I watched the first episode because it dropped. Friday morning, yeah. and I, I watched the first episode, and I said, okay, Netflix, since you're going to start the next one, I'll go on. So, <laughs> and I think I got like three or four out of the way that morning before I had to finally go to work. Mm. And uh, so that night when I got home, after everyone went to bed, I think I watched a couple. I think I watched one more episode and then went to bed. And then the next day I watched a couple, and then last night I watched a couple, and then this morning I finished it up, so... I'm on vacation this week, so what the heck? (laughs) Uh, Sarah said I could go on without her and watch it, but I'm I'm on the fence. Do I want to go ahead and go on and watch the rest more episodes without her? Do I want to wait? I'm probably going to go on because the pilot was so so good. good. What I really like is there are small little touches that if you haven't seen the Marvel Universe, nothing. But if you have, you see how it ties in so perfectly. It's it's wonderfully peppered with references. Here was my here was my a, a, uh, apprehension going into this was Marvel has acknowledged that it is part of the MCU. They have said point blank, this is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then leading up to it, everybody that got the first three episodes for review, they were all saying it's it's very different than everything else that's come before. It's very dark. It's very edgy. It's much different than anything else. And I kept saying, I'm okay with that. I'm fine that that's what that is, but it has to it has to, it has to obviously be. connect. Yeah, it has to tell me it connects. You, I, I'm not just going to say Marvel says it connects because you know studio heads can say anything they want. But, <laughs> although I, I, the more and more they do these things, the more and more I trust Marvel, and I, and I have a lot of trust in Marvel as it is. But and it wasn't until just like some references and dropped lines, and I went, I'm hooked. That you, oh, they you do it sold in the me. pilots. You I was, sold me. I, they sold me the connections in the pilot, and yeah. I'm only assuming there's more later down the road. Well, is that the one he's talking about? The um, it's where they buy apartment. The, it's where they buy well, okay. the apartment because he then, talks about the apartment. He talks about the battle in New York. And yeah, then and then the buying the office. Office was yeah. the same way. Which that, nobody wants to live the there one. because and and real estate rates have gone way down because and kitchen because of the battle. battle it was New York. decimated. Yeah. Cool. So, and 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 the the what at least from what I've seen, the whole plot kind of is based off of corporate aspects building up because of the as because of Battle of New York. In um, fact, there was what's his face that you have his autograph uh, in between Shawshank. Uh, yeah, Shawshank what's guy. his name? Oh, uh, Bob Gunton. Yeah, yeah, Bob Gunton's in, and he's talking Ooh, about how more superheroes means more profit for them. <laughs> so it's kind of a really it's almost a it's a really fresh take on it all. Yeah. So far. And you know I mean? and they're, they they continue to do those little links but there's uh, it's not as heavy-handed no, it's in not the first as heavy-handed. episode. Well, yeah. Uh, I, I the only other one that I want to talk about cuz I want you guys to catch them as you go but there is one that it, and it was obvious and I think they, it was even in the trailer is when um uh what's uh Wilson's side uh, Foggy? Right-hand man. No, the Froggy. Wilson's right-hand man. Uh, oh, Wilson. Fain, uh, Fisk. Uh, uh, Kingpin. Oh, yeah. His right-hand man. He's talking to the Russians. This is one of the groups that, that the bad guys are allied with. And <laughs> the 
they're kind of charged with getting the man in the mask. They're the ones that they're they're the they're the muscles, so they're tasked with taking him down, taking him out. And the man in the mask is Daredevil, obviously. But um, <laughs> he goes to the guys, and Spoilers. after they've had after they've had this <laughs> terrible uh, bout, and they and he's coming and just wiped the floor with them, and he's talking to one of the main Russian brothers, and he goes, he says, "I could understand if it was a man in an iron suit." Or one with a magic hammer, but you guys can't even take care of a man in a mask. <laughs> I, I was like, yes. <laughs> okay, so just I, those little name drops. I, I've heard that it's very much tonally correct. I mean, keep in mind, I don't read Daredevil, so I don't know. But Matt, it works, a very huge Daredevil fanatic, and his big thing was, I want him to fight meth dealers. I want him to fight, you know. He's criminals, scum. Yeah. Back, you know, that's who I want. That's who he needs to go. He doesn't need to go up against supervillains. He needs to go up against bad people. That's exactly what this is. And, and it, it seems like that's everything that I've heard and everything I've seen is right now. Now, the only thing that I really know about Daredevil is the Ben Affleck movie. Oh, wipe that away. Now, hold on just a second. Because I don't know anything about Daredevil, I enjoyed the Ben Affleck movie. I, I, I thought the Ben Affleck movie was fine. After watching the series now, though, I don't like the movie as much. I, I used to be an apologist for the film. I used to say, you know, it's not bad. It's a good take on Daredevil. I read a little bit of Daredevil comics when I was growing up, and I was fine with the take that they took for the film. Um, there were some things I had problems with, but a lot of people have a lot more problems than I did. Yeah. But I've always been an apologist for the film. Then I saw this, and I went, this is what the film needed to be. Okay. This is exactly what the film needed to be. And it's it's a lot of the plot and elements and story are taken from the Frank Miller "Quote unquote reboot of the series in the nineteen eighties, late uh, late eighties, early nineties, and but they still draw from some of the original Daredevil as well. There were you know the original storylines and and characters and name drops and and things in there. There's a ton of Easter eggs, good Daredevil Easter eggs that I would suggest going online after you're done and seeing what the references are because there's a lot of them I didn't even catch because mm-hmm. uh, there were some that were obvious. There were some that were very subtle that I caught. And then there were some that were very subtle that I completely missed until I saw the Easter eggs. Okay, cool. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's, it's a tremendous series. And if the next two or next three, um, sets of series can hone in and be as good as this, Netflix has got a wonderful thing going. Because AKA about, Jessica Jones can be as good as this. That's the one I'm worried about, mostly because I don't know anything about David it. David Tennant's in it, though. Uh, I know. But <laughs> the Purple Man. <laughs> I think it's it's my ignorance of the I, property I, makes I, me worried about it. I tell you what. I knew they, if they did Daredevil, they were going to do it well and yeah. make it interesting. Well, and I think that's why they went with that one. But I also think that's why it's they went with. I think that's too. why they went with AKA Jessica Jones next, because she's not a. She's a, like, fourth tier superhero. Heroine. Yeah. And. <laughs> She even uh, what I what I hope they do, and I don't I don't think they will. But I, what I hope they do is I hope they take it from the angle that they did. I think in the 1990s they swept the superheroine power thing that she got aside, and I, I for the life of me I can't remember what her superhero name is. But they swept that aside. And what she did is she she retired from being a superhero and became a detective, huh. and that's why it's AKA Jessica Jones because mm-hmm. she's not her alter ego anymore and so i what i hope they do is they start from that point where she has she was a superheroine and she set it aside to lead more of a normal life and fight crime in a different way and if they do it that way i think that they've got a good 
ground but grounding point because they don't have to do an origin story. Yeah. With the exception of they can pepper through the series, as they've done a little bit with Daredevil, they can pepper through the origin and keep a really closed in, finite, cohesive storyline going. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the only way you can do. And Spoilers, she actually develops a relationship with uh, Luke Cage in the comic books, and they eventually get married. Yeah, So with Luke Cage being the next in the series, the next in well, the set. Well, it's all building up to the Defenders. Yeah, absolutely, which that's way down the line, yeah. <laughs> way down the line. But if they by, by doing that, I wonder if they're going to <laughs> – I wonder if eventually they're going to marry those characters together, and, and that will be part of it as well. And then Iron Including. Fist, which – no, nah, never mind. <laughs> I don't want to say anything because we've already got we we got. I'll tell you right now, there has been no look ahead to uh, Jessica Jones and uh, Luke Cage yet mm-hmm. that I caught. But I caught an Iron Fist reference, which is we're talking next year when that one yeah. comes down. So huh. I already saw a, a reference. So we're anyway, we I, I could I could talk no, all I, night long about this, but it's it, man, it was oh, it's so good, and I, I'm going to go back and watch it because I think Holly would like this because this is framed less in the I mean, it's so real world, but believable that I think Holly would enjoy this because it's more crime drama suspense is what it is, and she a, likes that kind of crime kind drama of legal drama yeah. combination. Well, yeah, yeah. There's a, from what I've seen. There's a lot less legal. I mean, there is. It's very heavy in there, but it's it's a lot less legal than you expect from mm-hmm. a from a movie where or a TV series where the main character is a lawyer by day <laughs> and a vigilante by night. Yeah. But there's a lot less of the. I mean, it's there. But do you worry at all that we may be hitting the glut? I mean, there's there's, there's no denying that we are in a, a, the golden age of. of visual representations of these comic book characters right now. It used to be that you got one good comic book movie every decade, you know, <laughs> and a whole slew of man. And then they started getting them right. And then Iron Man came out and everything's been pretty solid with one or two notable exceptions across the board and especially Marvel. But you've also got the DC, you know, with arrow and flash and all. I mean, do you worry at all that we're maybe we're getting to that point where it's I, like, I worry more when it's the just too much DC no. movies come out and I'll tell you. Yeah. Well, because I think DC has already stumbled a couple of times and because the um, TV shows are so good. That's just it. Here's why super mo- superhero movies are so good. Now is because people that were involved in the comics are in charge. It's not studio heads. It's not, um, I don't other, want to say fanboy directors, but it's it's not it's not that it's not the way it was back in the day. I mean, we had we only had a handful of really good superhero movies because every once in a while you'd find a good writer or director that would take it a direction that it needed to go. The reason why the Marvel Universe works so well, and I'm talking about the Iron Man MCU, I'm talking about Hulk and and Thor, and is because it is Marvel doing these films. It's not Marvel selling out these properties to like these licenses to other companies who still have that studio head mentality, Sony that, you know, are saying, well, this is how we're going to do it because this is what sells films. No, we need to do our own. You've got to do it yourself. And I think the, I think the X-Men films are the only ones that hit that mark. And it was really because of Brian Singer. He was a, he wasn't in he wasn't a comic book insider, but he was a fan that acknowledged the idea that you have to touch base with the fans because if that book did so well and has run for you know 
30 plus years now, 40 plus years now in some cases, it was because that story hit home with somebody and was good enough to be a storyline. And it doesn't matter if you're a comic book fan or not. You're going to appease the, the comic book fans because of the links and the connections. But you're also going to grab the average moviegoer because it was a good story in the first place. That's yeah. why it did so well before. Whether it was because – I mean, yes, only comic book fans were reading comic books. But they became comic book fans because of good storytelling in a comics. Adapt to that exact same formula to screen, and people that come to the movies will become Marvel MCU fans. And so, and then you've brought all the comic book fans along as well. So I don't think it was until Marvel took over that we started getting consistent. Yeah. Um, like I say, there was a few. I mean, if you go back, you, you look at the history. I think the, 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 the original Superman, I think, is 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 still up there for great superhero films. Um, Done by two very small time producers, and I think that was its benefit. I, I, I think um, Batman in in the eighties that you can point to, and then. Uh, but they all lost their way, and you know why they lost their way? Studio, studio, studio. Yeah. yeah, that happened to the Batman <laughs> franchise. That happened to the X Men franchise. That's why they, oh, it, it lost its yeah, way yeah. with Last Stand, and it lost its way with. Now, the, the the thing you can't mark in favor is the fact that Brian Singer went over to do Superman Returns, and it flopped. And you're going to have one of those every once in a while, I think, though. But yeah. I, I think there was a lot of studio influence in that. I don't. I think. I think. Singer got over there and wasn't able to do what he wanted to do with it, is what I truly believe. Well, that's another one I'm an apologist for, is Superman Returns. It's not a great film, but it's a far better film than people, I think, give it credit for. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not in that upper tier yeah. of, of, of those other ones. And I think X-Men probably is the next one that should come along and, you know, really oh, yeah. that kind of, that kickstarted Sam Raimi Spider-Man were the two that kind of yeah, kickstarted the, 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 yeah, the, and then the Spider-Man. And, and then, and then that's that, another one though, where a studio got involved and ruined the, ruined the third one. So, and uh, amazing Spider-Man is a great film. It's, it's, it's good. It's, it's got a lot of great things to it, but it only came about because the studio was going to lose its license oh, yeah. to back to Marvel had they not made a film. And so they the only reason it rushed it in. It did so well that they greenlit another one well, and well, it didn't they, do well. Yeah, so. and they got a guy in charge that was a fan yeah. and was able to do it justice. If, if the person that's in charge is familiar enough with the source material, it's going to be a good film. Yeah. yeah. I did start Arrow Season 2. It's really good so far. I really like the direction it's going now. Yeah. Like some of my complaints with season one are going away, and some of Sarah's complaints with season one would, if she got to season two, she would like it a lot. Better. That's what I told you. I said it's going to it's going to hit the ground running when it starts. Well, it's not even just plot. Just it's thematically. I think it takes a different turn. Oh, I think I so like too. Yeah. too. I think so too. I need to finish that up. Um, DC's a weird system because I don't think DC's gotten it right. I think they finally have started to get it right with Arrow on, and on the Flash and, and now they're branching out. I think they I think <laughs> Warner Brothers television is following the Marvel universe, cinematic universe formula better than the DC films are doing. Yeah. And that that's why they're failing because they're not they 
Anyway, they've got dollar signs in their eyes. They're yeah. looking at that yeah. Avengers it's, money and yeah. going, "Yeah, that's what we want." It's yeah, like we you, you got to you, you got to work for you it. You had ten years of setup to get to that point. You didn't just jump into it now, like uh-huh. you're doing with this Batman versus Superman versus Dawn versus Justice, whatever the hell the title <laughs> of that thing is. <laughs> I watched a lot of stuff this week. He has me go through them. I'm not going to review a lot of them because it's ones that you've seen. So Which go, watch finally. Go, go through them. Well, HBO now dropped on Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. So I signed up because you get the first month free, and I'm watching Game of Thrones, and it previewed this or uh, premiered this season or this, this month, the fifth season this month. The first Yesterday. episode. Yeah, yes. first episode. And so I went ahead and signed up for HBO now. The first thing I watch is something you guys I don't think you have seen is Going Clear Scientology and the Prison of Belief. It's the documentary. Oh, I heard a lot about oh it, but yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Um, I've know, I knew a lot about Scientology, and I've read a lot about Scientology. But what surprised me the most about it is I didn't know a lot about L. Ron Hubbard. And because everything I know about Scientology is essentially from the 1970s and the IRS blitz because they blitzed the IRS with lawsuits so that they would finally cave and grant them uh, religious status so they could be tax exempt because they had like a $10 billion tax bill that got wiped away when that happened. But I knew a lot from that point on. And what it didn't occur to me until I watched this is how much I didn't know about L. Ron Hubbard. And L. Ron, this thing explores L. Ron Hubbard from the very early days and goes up to the 1970s when L. Ron wasn't doing much from that point as far as the church goes. The church had kind of become its own thing. It had become, its, it had become this monster at that point. And, uh, and then he died shortly a few years later. So uh, I learned a lot about that. And it's, 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 it's incredible because the, the interviews are all former church, high up. Like we're talking second in commands hmm. of the church. And it, just, it really sheds a lot of light on what, ha- what, what's happening within the church, what happened within the church, what's happening with the church, and why I think now the church is on a, a downhill slope. Um, I don't want to go too much into it because I think you both should seek it out. You should see it. It's, it's so well put together. Um, Paul, your favorite guy, Paul Haggis, <laughs> is one of the interviews because he was, he was immersed in it as well. That explains a and, lot. <laughs> and it, it, it really, it, 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 it really exposes a lot of the things that I think the, the, the negative, if you, if you, if you, I'm sorry if there's any Scientologists out there, but the negativity that is generated, and because this is, you know, obviously one side, it's based on a book, an expose book that was written about the Church of Scientology. And so it's written around that, and they, and they essentially brought the, the main players in from that. The, the people that were interviewed for the book were essentially interviewed for the film. But, um, so good. I highly recommend it to anybody. Even if you're Scientologist, watch it. If you don't agree with it, at least see what they have to say just to – so you can dispute it. Say, well, no, this isn't right. This isn't, you know. Um, so that was good. Um, I watched uh, – the. these all were on HBO, so I'll just say that. Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, yeah. Not very good. <laughs> no, it was, it was okay. It's just it, – it spends its time trundling along and there's not – I found myself getting bored in parts – and there's not the the story's just kind of there. It's kind of meh. I think the performance uh, Ralph Fiennes is phenomenal. I think he did a, a terrific job. Everything else surrounding that was just kind of blasé in there. And it's just it's it's not Wes Anderson's best film. It feels like a Wes Anderson film. It's not his best film. Um, so yeah, just man, it was. I mean, I didn't hate it. It wasn't. It wasn't. Oh my gosh, you know, I 
two and a half hours that I'll never get back. It was one of those, okay, that was, that was fine. Um, I also watched A Million Ways to Die in the West. <laughs> did you see that? I did see that. Yeah, okay. It's exactly what you said. <laughs> I recall <laughs> you saying. Is it se- the dialogue seems so out of place that you're taken out of the story. And it really feels like an episode of Family Guy. If this had been an episode of Family Guy where they weren't themselves and they were transported to the Old West and we just did a story in the Old West on Family Guy, perfect episode. It's not a two-and-a-half-hour film. <laughs> it's like it, – it, it's funny in parts and it's, it, it basically mocks the Old West and the, the romance and idealism that has developed over 100 years – but a hundred plus years, it continues to take you out of the story because it's so the the dialogue is so modernized. It, it's which is part of the joke, and that's part right, of the humor. But that, that's but, that's where I wish they'd have gone with it. Is yeah. I, if you're going to do that modernized thing, why why was he not a time traveler or stuck here? I, well, I, but, I kept but, waiting but for the reveal, and it the, wasn't. That's the problem. Is it's not just it's not just Seth MacFarlane's character it's everybody the, the dialogue for the entire film which you would think if you're going to even it out yeah yeah that's true would help but it doesn't because every time somebody says something it's like okay so it would have made a good family guy episode but it's not a good it's, it's just a it's a it's a you know let's make fun of the romanticized western by doing a romanticized western yeah yeah and calling attention to the fact that it's a romanticized western which blazing saddles kind of does and does better a lot yeah well yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I just it's it's it almost worked. It just didn't. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't quite hit the hit the mark. Um, Edge of Tomorrow, best film I watched all week. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Wow. Now that's that is a science fiction film that while if you look really hard you see tropes, but it is such a the only trope that's there is it's a video game is what it is. It's the perfect premise for a video game, but yeah. it's a movie. Um. Just wowed by it. I'm just just as it went on and on and on, and I thought, oh, this. I wish this had done better in the theater. And then I thought, no, I don't. Because then they would have tried to do a sequel. They'd have done a sequel. I mean, it doesn't need a it sequel. Need a, it's done. It, it needs, needs to it be needs, what it, it is, and it needs to live as it is. But no sequel. Exactly. It needs to live as that is as it is, and it's perfect. <laughs> but yeah, wow. And I'm not a big fan of Tom Cruise, which I thought was ironic that there's a movie with Tom Cruise in it. And a documentary that lambasts Tom Cruise <laughs> <laughs> and his involvement in Scientology. Um, so I like that. Did you uh, book in your week absolutely. that way? How many times huh? did he die? Did you die? book in your week that way? <laughs> no, I think I watched Edge of Tomorrow a couple days later. Edge of Tomorrow, oh, phenomenal. So good. Yeah. And then, of course, Game of Thrones. Um, I have not seen the premiere yet. Me neither. I won't say anything about it other than... After this is my f- first time that I've waited with all the other fans <laughs> because I watched season one, two, and three just as season four was starting, and then watched season four. So I had to wait. The, wor- the longest I ever had to wait was week to week. <laughs> so this is the longest I've had to wait. And after a year, the first episode was kind of really. <laughs> it, 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 does, it, it, it didn't wow me. It was. It was oh. Gosh, after that much anticipation to get just kind of a trundling episode, I was a little disappointed. It wasn't bad. There's a lot it has to set up for this year. For me, there's always there's been some key point of, oh, my, wow, that was an amazing episode. 
milestones throughout the series, but most of the episodes feel trundling to me. See, I don't, I've, and I've, I enjoy the story, so that's why I don't mind the trundling. I've never felt that way. That's the way I feel about it, too. I've never felt that way, but I came to it at a different perspective yeah. because if I saw a trundling story, i turn around and watch another episode, and it, you, it didn't trumble, so it was balancing itself out. Yeah. On this, yeah, yeah, and we've... I think I pretty much watched it week to week. I don't think we mainlined any of it. Even, see, though, even, in, even though when we, we didn't start when season one started. We started later, but we still could because we watched it as a group, we might have watched a couple episodes in a row, but no more than two. Even in season so, four, I can only remember one episode that I thought was a trundling episode. See, it's it's just you get so invested in the characters. I think that's, that's the trundle. That's the me that's the key for me is that I, it it feels very much like one of those shows which you watch and you watch and you watch and you watch But and you look really, back on an episode, not a lot happens. Nothing happens. But then you get to that one episode, the penultimate or something, and it's like, holy crap, look at all the stuff that went down. But you were still invested in the characters and what's going that on the with their individual stories. Sure. The other episodes sure. feel bigger than they actually yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it totally makes sense. And the story spread out between so many characters that not a lot happens because right. of that also. Again, I, I came from a totally different perspective, but I was I'm just I'm still excited for the season, but it was one of those I think the anticipation was the letdown. Yeah. And yeah. The other thing that you have to remember coming into there, I have to remember coming into this, is it ended on such a <laughs> well, what this, note this, that this week was like, oh, you set the benchmark so high for me that you had to come down here because you got to build back up because you can't come off of that same level yeah. and start the next season or you got to get even higher than that. You don't well, have where to go. The thing with season so, four was this was the first season finale that ended on a what yeah and yeah. a huge thing where everything else was the penultimate episode right and my my experience with that is and as so, soon as i finished a season i was on to the next yeah, one so, so yeah yeah it's so almost I'm a, it's almost like they took i'm a bad the judge for <laughs> built in the two episodes i'm a bad season. judge for how the first series, season <laughs> first episode because i didn't i didn't expect do, that, do so. you ever do you ever get into an episode and you're watching and then all of a sudden they cut to a different character and you're like Oh yeah, I kind of forgot that you were doing your thing there because I was so. We're going to have a in, whole thing with that this season. Know. From what I understand, a certain character is not going to show up at all. Even 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 watching week or uh, like several at a time, binge watching the thing, there was sometimes I'd go, "Oh yeah, I forgot you were doing that." <laughs> well, because you go several episodes. Without you, you, well, them. you get invested in King's Landing, and then all of a sudden we're off with uh, you know Daenerys, and you're like, "Oh yeah, the dragon's missing." <laughs> I will say that the, the first episode of the season this year. Did a really good job of reminding you throughout the episode. I mean, we we touched on just about every character oh, and where good. they that's were good. now. So that 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 worked really well. So uh, we the talked map about get a little bit bigger. The map. I. It's been a year now. I <laughs> I noticed it. I noticed it the whole time I was watching catching up. I noticed the map map grow and new places pop up in the little you know steampunk mechanical. You know, but. I think it did grow a little bit. I, I actually booted up the episode and watched the previously on and I opening only, titles and think I noticed. I only remember one location one. that I went, oh, that's new. But anyway, we talked about uh, Daredevil, which was also on my list. It was everything I watched. And then on Saturday, we had Mason's friend's birthday party. So we had he invited some friends. We went to the park and had cake and ice cream and fed them happy meals from McDonald's and they played. And it was a lot of fun. And then actually just in time, I forgot, I, I skipped ahead, just in time for the premiere of Game of Thrones last night, Holly and I went and bought a new 50-inch TV for her. Oh, so nice. I got to see it in glorious 50-inch. <laughs> 
course, I told her as we were standing there in Target, so we got a really good deal on TV. As I stand there in Target, I said, you know, every time we make a big purchase, something else breaks. <laughs> and we, or we have a large, you know, a large necessity per- the, the purchase. The automobile. The- every time we make it. So it we're waiting for the other too. shoe to drop. We're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, yeah. You remember last week we were talking about candies? Yes. Guess what I found? I saw you, your, your nasty malted dirt. Malted dirt? No, it was malted. And this the malted? Eggs, chicks, and ducks. Okay, maybe this isn't what I thought it was. I couldn't find all Easter. And so I found it at Kmart and bought four bags. So I brought you guys a little bit. I am so glad that you brought me some. (laughs) I thought of you. Because guess what happened when I went to Kmart the next day? (laughs) The box was sitting there taunting me with nothing in it. Even and it's not your fault gone. because you did tell me uh, yeah, there, were, there were there some were at left. least two bags left. And I had I should have gone Saturday when I saw your post. I went Sunday afternoon, empty box. They had the box sitting there <laughs> that they come in taunting me, and I went. Oh. But now Keith brought me. Some. Yeah, I brought you Yay. some. Yay! <laughs> Sarah asked, are you going to give Glenn a bag? I was like, I'll give him some. I'm not going to give him a whole bag. <laughs> well, I'm 50% off, so I bought four bags for the price of two. So, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, there was, um, there was some of wow, the Reese's sweet. eggs there. And I <laughs> and thought, tart. 50% off, that might be worth it, but I didn't get it. I was so sad. Well, so sad and heartbroken. <laughs> on, okay, we went grocery shopping, and I bought two boxes of sweet tarts. Because I'm, we talked about it, now I really want sweet tarts. And then Sarah goes, because I was grumbling about not having the, the eggs and chicks and stuff. She's like, I've been eating those at work. So <laughs> then like, you knew it wasn't like they were discontinued. Yeah. They're somewhere. And, and so her boss found them at Target. The Quest Renews. And so we went on a quest. We went to Dylan's. We went to Target. And finally, we just happened to go to Kmart. And they had it. And so, yeah. If we still had a Woolworth. You could have totally gone to Woolworth and found them right <laughs> off the bat. Uh, we did have some uh, amazing leaps and bounds in house developments. Oh, you did? Uh, we had originally made an offer on a house last week, and they came back with a counter that we didn't like. So, And then we countered, and they came back, and we ended up walking away from it. But then we found another one that went on the market on Thursday that I went and saw on Friday and absolutely loved so we made an offer, and on Sunday they accepted, after a couple counters, our offer. Oh, yay. Congratulations. Yeah. It's a gorgeous house. Um, Where is it at? Off Mulvane. Oh, it's on Mulvane. So, uh, how far north south? It is 1300 block. Okay, 1300. So it, it's kind of then uh, go a little east. It's not that great of a neighborhood, but it's in a nice little pocket. Uh Recently renovated this eighty-four-year-old. But west from there is not bad. Yeah, west. So. Yeah, west from there is a really good. You're on the you're on the edge of where I, in my opinion, Topeka starts to kind of go downhill. Yeah, you're right on the edge of that. Yeah, and and that even the edge is seeing a lot of improvements with all the stuff they've been doing there. So, yeah, and it was an eighty-four-year-old woman who had to move to California after buying the house like two years ago oh. to help family, mm-hmm. and the, fa- the couple who bought it before her. Flipped it. Sorry, these are so good. <laughs> so it's got a brand new sewer system, a brand new roof, uh, gorgeous hardwood floors, gorgeous road uh, wood tim- trim work. 
so we, and then Sarah went, Sarah went and saw it Friday night too, and we absolutely fell in love. And so, yeah, uh, all goes according to plan. We'll be closing May 21st. Oh, that's a quick turn. Yeah. Cool. We didn't want it to sit empty for too long. I think our first house. she's already moved already. Yeah, that's the nice so. thing is our first house, I think we at 60 days to close. I, the last one was 30. So, and, yeah, and she, well, and that's the thing is the realtor we went through sold it to the people who flipped it, who then sold it to this lady. So, so she's very well familiar and knows what's been done. So we don't that's have good. to do a lot of the inspections. We're just going to do some partial inspections. And so, sorry. Uh, and so it's, it's gone really quickly. So we're really excited. I'll show you guys some pictures after the yeah. podcast. It's, Congratulations. It's a, and then pictures don't do it justice. It's, I, I saw the pictures like, eh, we'll go look at it. And then walked inside and just instantly. It's three bedroom, one bath, basements, unfinished, but could be finished. I'll as ask, opposed to another one, which was scary basement. I'll ask you how much your offer is off mic. And the reason I'll do that okay. is because I don't think a lot of people are ashamed of how much they spend on a house. However, we live in Kansas, so if you say a price and somebody's listening to this in California or New York they're, or Texas, they're going to go, gonna go, oh, that must be a dive. But well, that yeah. is not true no. because the housing prices here are so much considerably lower than the rest of the nation that if you say a price, you're going to have this perceived notion, but it's not because we're, yeah. we're paying very – we're that's one of the only fortunate things of living in Kansas <laughs> is, is the housing well, prices are very low. And unfortunately, because she didn't want to move, there, that's where some of the negotiations got kind of sticky. I will say that we the loan amount will be below asking price because she's paying closing costs. Or b- oh. b- below list price. List price, right. Yeah, right. So, it's, so it's still below list price. It wasn't as low as we originally wanted. Well, you must – I mean, it's obvious going to be – it will be because, below original asking price, but she yeah. she came down for you guys. Well, so. she actually we had, you guys tec- met in the meet a lot. It technically middle, went up, but oh, because, because you put the closing price because she's in there. Playing, yeah. paying closing. Right, it's, right. it's below the actual list price. Um, and there's that actually a, there, happened there's, to us too because ours a, have been on the market for a year. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're kind of lucky. It's seven less than seven days, and she was willing to negotiate. That is good. Uh, she. Brand new fridge and stove, which was kind of the sticking point, was she wanted more for those. But she think I think she and there's washer and dryer and other stuff that she's going to sell separately. And I think she thinks she's going to get really high what she paid for them prices. And so we're going to get a list of what she wants and probably turn around and go no. And then later when she can't sell them, she might come back to us and we might be able to get them at a lower price. The nice thing is you're in a position where she's she's got to get out. She's got to get oh, to yeah. California. And, and if it, those, anything's in there, when we close, it's ours. And that's what happens is you tell them when, they, when they're when they asking for a hard, large price, you say, I want that included in this price. And when they yeah. say, well, no, because I think they're worth more, first thing you tell them is says, you say, especially if somebody's trying to get out of town, you say, okay, you take them, you sell them. Number one, they don't want to move them. She's going to California. Oh, yeah. She's going to move these things. Yeah. Number two, she's not going to find a buyer at the price she wants, and it's going to be much more convenient to leave it there and include it in the house price yeah. or the price of the house. Or even, and even if it's a lesser price, for, for like the washer and dryer, they're pretty new. We're willing to pay a lesser price of whatever she's asking, uh, not a huge high amount. I mean, we want to. We're going to look at the model numbers and see what their actual value is and. Compared to if we went and bought one from Nebraska Furniture Mart, et cetera, et cetera. I'll give you a tip on washing and dryers off mic, too. In, okay. in case you don't buy those. Yeah. Which, uh, I'll give you a tip yeah. on those. Cause, which, and those are two things that, yeah, we want, but we don't have to do them right away. 
So. <laughs> All right, let's move on. And Sean's making faces because of sweet tarts. So we're really I'm not making faces at your house. <laughs> we might have to do a... Congratulations, Thank Keith. You. That's awesome. That is super awesome. We're very excited. You should be. That's a big deal. Yeah. Feller ho- feller, fellow homeowners. Yeah. Sean was once a fellow homeowner. Once upon a time. They went back to the dark side. <laughs> Unfortunately, now we got to weigh the, weigh the choices of breaking lease or not. When did you lease that? End of August. Oh, gosh. Yeah. We started this process thinking, well, it's going to take a couple of months. And <laughs> had, had they accepted our have- original offer on the first house, we would have closed in um, first of June. So the first payment wouldn't have been until like July. So it would have balanced out. So we would have only overlapped a month. Now it's a little bit. Were you on the lease with him for the first apartment? Yeah. And you're on That's the lease time. now. Yeah. You've been at least six years there. No, well. Five years? Four, I think. Five would be better, but it's, it sounds like your complex, and you haven't been late on rent, so no. it sounds like your complex will probably be, they'll help you. Well, that's what we're hoping. Yeah. Well, is it, the, the, is the, the complex part, full? Usually. Usually. Usually it's a waiting list. So that's so, another thing, yeah. is, is if they can get, it's, somebody it's, in, get a renter in there right did away. Did you get your security deposit back when you broke lease? Cause I did that, not. I cause that, yeah, because that's 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 what we're debating is if we want to lose the security deposit and possibly pay rent and mortgage at the same time, right. regardless. Because according to the lease, it's you are on the hook until somebody else moves into right. the apartment. Right. So right. it's a matter of do we just want to pony up the money or do we want to lose the security deposit? Right. Right. Not knowing how long it's going to be July, without July, August. Ooh, that's four months of rent though. Mm. Well, but. The mortgage payment is at the late start too. So. Oh yeah, you got probably a two month. I think it's a month and a half to two months. Yeah. So, so there is a little bit of overlap yeah. there. So, that's what we got to weigh and figure uh, out when exactly our mortgage payment starts before we can. Really we've decide. talked much longer on this. Than I'm sure <laughs> listeners care. It's probably not that interesting. All right, yeah, but <laughs> we can talk more off mic. Yeah, congratulations. Except for that one Thank listener you. that's going, "No, I wanted to hear one more. <laughs> I'm buying a house." <laughs> Once we close, I'm sure we'll put pictures up on Facebook and everything so everybody else can see them. Cool. John made a noise. First like up that. is news. News. Ty Meddy has added another guest. Woohoo. Who is it? Who is Katie it? Katie Manning. It? Katie Manning. Joe Grant's coming to Wichita. Very exciting. This is turning into a major little her, And I didn't get you get me get you. Didn't have you get me an autograph, so you thought ahead. I'm golden. I have an autograph, so I can just meet her. If you'd asked me two years ago if we'd ever have a Doctor Who convention in the immediate <laughs> area, I'd have said, nah, not for another five or ten years. Boy, was I wrong. Let alone that's only the become... second time. <laughs> <laughs> Easter Saturday. Um, it's becoming, I mean, this is a yeah. pretty major WhoCon. They've got some, yeah, yeah. They've got some firepower bit, with this guest list. For everybody. Uh, now, if only it were in Topeka. <laughs> <laughs> Other convention guest appearances. Uh, Rob Shearman will be appearing at Long Island, Doctor Who, uh, who has written for TV and radio and stage. Glenn, you want to expand on his uh, his involvement on Who? Uh, good friend of uh, Neil Perriman, who uh, <laughs> <laughs> is uh, Nicola Bryant going to be at? Uh, it's going to be a time, Eddie. Is she going to be Eddie. at uh, Long Island Who? I don't think so. They haven't announced. Well, hold on. Let me look. I may be wrong, but I thought uh, she and Rob Sherman were a thing. Rob Sherman. Sherman. I don't know. Uh, 
I think there. Uh, I maybe she has not been announced yet. I wonder if that's coming soon because they're a, they're a couple. They've been a couple oh, for several years. I I believe that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I've got just enough doubt in my mind that I may be wrong. I may be confusing Rob Sherman with somebody else. Sherman with somebody else. Ooh, this might be three. <laughs> <laughs> my muddled brain here. Yeah, I think they're I think they're a couple. I think they're an item. I did not know. Yeah, that. yeah, for years. I mean, and and I. I going nearly as far as to say they're married, but I don't think they are. I think they're just a live-in relationship. But yeah, I don't think she's married. Uh, for those who don't know, he wrote the episode Dalek and has written a lot of audio stories for. Big oh, Fans. thank you. I'm sorry. I was <laughs> going to go on and do that, but I I got lost on the Rob Sherman thing and some <clears throat> short stories and stuff. And then for those uh, for another convention that's kind of close to here, Arthur Darvel has been added to St. Louis Comic Con Wizard World. I met him. He's awesome. Unfortunately, that's the same weekend we're going to close. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah's brokenhearted that she's not going to get to go to – because we were debating on going to St. Louis because the actor who plays Oswald Cobblepot on Gotham is there, and she really likes him. And so now how stuff trumps Wizard World Convention in St. Louis. will definitely trump Wizard World Convention. Especially since it's the same weekend. So that's exciting for Wizard World people, though, and those going to St. Louis. <laughs> Our last bit of news, which will help segue into our Doctor Who Legacy tip of the week, Donna Noble is coming to Doctor Who Legacy. Yay! Next, this week. This as, week. As we record, this week, it's coming. Cool. Uh, there was a contest online, or su- they were taking suggestions. I don't know if they still are for what her costume should be, her initial costume. So, Which the far and away front runner is the wedding dress. So please tweet at Doctor Who Legacy and give them any other option. <laughs> because not, not not that I don't want her in the wedding dress, because obviously I do. But we, yeah, I expected that one. <laughs> I mean, come on. This is the brass ring, guys. You can pick any Donna Noble outfit. And you're going to go with a wedding dress? <laughs> Tell me something I don't know. Uh, users will also, some users will also notice that there are now ads in the game, but it should be unobtrusive. But we should move on to our Doctor Who Legacy tip of the week. And this tip is from yours truly. So um, I don't know about anybody else if you get to this. I tend to put a team together and then just kind of roll with them. And I get get settled in with these guys. And maybe you'll make an adjustment here or there. But because of the way the perking uh, perks wind up working out is that you know you got to go in you change all the perks over to the colors and things that you're using on your team and I don't want to mess with it now I'm done no fountain that's who that's who uh, oh Bob Sherman is no Nev Nev Fountain is uh, Perry's Perry's not Perry uh, Nicole <laughs> Bryant okay yeah that's the relationship I was thinking of so I tend to get this team together and just kind of roll with them until you know Hi, I get Rob them. Sherman I. Had you connected to Nicola Bryant. I'm sure it's true as Nev. <laughs> <laughs> now he's sad. He's Aww. listening to the podcast going, really? Nicola Bryant's my girlfriend? Oh, wow. And now I have to let him down. Sorry again. I was mistaken. She, she's Nev Fountain, so I was thinking of. Never mind. I don't know if I know Nev Fountain. Who's, who's Nev Fountain? I don't know if I do either. He's another writer and huge Doctor Who fan. He hasn't he's done any. for like, uh, Big Finish, hasn't he? Yes, I believe, okay. I believe he has. Um, but he hasn't done any uh, 
television. episodes. Television episodes. Yet. Yet. They're still announcing season nine, aren't they? <laughs> we haven't got a complete list of writers yet. Anyway, so with, with Legacy, I tend to roll with a team and just kind of go with it because I don't like changing my perks up and, and doing that. And I discovered today, maybe many of you are like, well, duh, um, that you can make minute changes to your team by changing out just that one individual. And sometimes that makes all the difference on a level. And this, this sounds like the most remedial math kind of tip. But because of just, you know, my mindset when I get in, it's like, ah, I don't want to change anything. You're in there and you bound your head against the wall trying to get through these levels. I made one change. I changed out. Um, I don't even remember who the character is now. Um, well, I have it here. Let me pull it up real quick. After that, who's on my team? Who is this? Oh, Dev Fountain wrote uh, Omega. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, and cool. the sixth Doctor, Destiny of the Doctors. Trouble in Paradise. Yeah. Ah. They're, they're pretty much interchangeable. There's two of the green. Sean, uh, were you talking about something? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm lost on uh, mixing up Rob Sherman and Nev Fountain. <laughs> Which two are replaceable? Um, that's what he's trying to figure out. That's what out. I'm trying to figure out, the names of these characters. They're, they're both unit uh, ladies. Oh, Lorna Bucket, and she's uh, not unit. Well, she's, not unit, but she, she's um, whatever of the future, Church of the Omega, <laughs> and the she's, yeah, she's one of the church. The, the punishment medic is is, is who I had, uh, and I've, I've got them both leveled up to about the same. They're both green. Punishment, punishment medic, yeah. medic is not unit either. She's no, uh, she's, uh, no, they're, she's also church. Yeah, yeah, church. They're both. I thought she was Nightmare and Silver. Oh yeah, you're oh, right. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. all the punishment ones are because that's right. They're okay. being punished. Anyway. I love punishment, punishment, punishment yeah. medic. Uh, one turn poison cure. That was well. That's where I kept getting tripped up, is because I, I played with her a bunch early yeah. and then kind of fell off and was trying out different characters and leveling different people up. And so I went in and actually started bigger on the inside. Blew my mind because didn't realize bigger on the inside is over in the specials tab and not <laughs> season four. <laughs> We've been telling you that for weeks. Sean. I know, but I went in to play season four and got squished like grape because that's a tough level. It's a whole thing. It's a, whole hi, I'm here. <laughs> okay, not today. And I go away and I build some up and I come back in with a stronger team. <laughs> okay, not the today. The whole prelog's that way. Yeah, well, I haven't made it through any of that yet. And then went to bigger on the inside and with my mindset going, well, I'm going to try this again. And I got a prologue level. It was all talking. And I went. I don't remember any of that. And then <laughs> and I got then another, another talking one. level. It was all I, I don't remember any of that. And then I got into this third level, and I was like, is this different than what I played before? What was I in before? <laughs> and I literally had no idea what was going on. But I couldn't get through that third level of Bigger on the Inside, and I tried and tried and tried. And my team's not sucking. I mean, they're all, you know, 40s or 30s. I think the weakest one on there is a 33. So they're all 40s or, or higher, double stars and, and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, man, what's the deal? Well, because of the, the spoilers for the story arc, the, the, you, you lose oxygen. So it's a poison effect. I'm your, already, your started I'm, or I'm, you already I'm started it. I'm already into uh, Girl in the Fireplace stuff. Oh, well, okay. So you, you, you're you losing it's health. Tough, but I'm in there. And I thought to myself, well, that's a, that's, that's a poison thing. I should put a poison specialist on her. So I looked and was like, oh, well, this is a very simple switch out. It doesn't affect my perks. It's the same color. Switched it out. Boom. Blew right through the level. <laughs> 
and the next one, and I think the next one after that. And I was like, oh! It's because of Bigger on the Inside that I I got uh, my Punishment Medic up to five stars and going up so high. It was because of that Bigger on the Inside level with the poison. So the the gist of this is don't get stuck in that rut. Don't get stuck in that mindset because the game obviously is customizable to a fault where you can <laughs> you can do all kinds of different things. And sometimes it's the little changes. It's not a whole new team and a whole new set of perks that you need. It's just changing out that one person to give you that added edge going into something. And that's perfectly okay to customize. And, you know, you go into somebody and it's like, oh, these people use a lot of stun. Okay, put a stun curer on your team. Oh, these people use a lot of this. Okay, go put one of these on your team. And just change that one component out while keeping the core of your group together. And you, you it's, it's much easier to do. I still really wish there was a list of characters based by ability. That would be a nice feature to have, well, other, the, other than oh, writing it, it down. within the game, within the game, okay. or even online. Well, it, 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 does one. the wiki? I thought the wiki I, had one. Yeah, I thought. I, I had to go look the, at the wiki. I think the legacy wiki has has a list based on ability. In between house hunting and and paying for this thing, Keith is going to uh, come up with a, uh, a, a spreadsheet. <laughs> He's going to write everybody down and their Good. Abilities. I need to copy that when you're done. And well, we'll first we'll, I need we'll, to unlock everybody. And <laughs> we'll post that on the website. We'll post it on the website when we have it that you'll be able to sort by ability or color I'll, or whatever. I'll, I'll and, that the, the you're, you both are probably further along in bigger on the inside than I am right now because I haven't played for a week and a half. <laughs> and that is this week's Doctor Who Legacy Tip of the Week. And also on a side note, I am over 400 stars. Hey, Ooh, 402. 402. And one to grow on. So <laughs> You're slowly catching me. Slowly. <laughs> Time Lord Ben's laughing at us. <laughs> He's maxed oh, everybody thing. out. Well, then we shall move on to feedback. First up is Holly. Holly writes, Horror of Glamrock and Immortal Beloved. Hey guys, I really enjoyed these two Eighth Doctor audio stories. In Horror of Glamrock, we get a little bit more background information on Lucy and the per- perils of being a rock star with alien tech. I was so happy to hear Bernard Cribbins' voice as Alan in this audio, my ears perked up as soon as I heard his voice coming through my speakers. Immortal Beloved, a.k.a. Immortality, with a twist! <laughs> I have to say, this one really makes you question immortality and wanting to live forever, and if, and if it's really worth it and the cost behind it. I love love the ending with, of the story with Lucy paraphrasing the Beatles when I'm 64 to the Doctor. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on these two stories. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. I did not notice Bernard Cribbins <laughs> until I read your email and then went back and re-listened to it and went, Oh, yeah! <laughs> Bernard. I didn't either, but I heard it once we got to the credits. Up next in feedback is Chrissy. Chrissy writes, in which a former number one fan must beg forgiveness. <laughs> Dear Vortex Boys, I honestly haven't written feedback in a month. I am the world's worst number one fan, and I am very, very sorry. That was in all capital letters. (laughs) She was writing like death. In all seriousness, I had things to say about last week's Big Finish stuff, and I completely spaced writing in. These past few weeks have been absolutely crazy between work and family things and friends calling me and wanting to do, you know, social life. Who does that? And sadly, my Vortex homework has kind of fallen through the cracks. And the bad part is, 
I don't anticipate it getting any better, since I have at least two weddings to contend with this summer. Anyway, here's what I have to say about the stuff I've missed. Wurzel Gumridge. Weird as all get out. But a lot of kiddie shows are. Wait, this is a kid's show? Almost looks like it was made on drugs. Mind of Evil. The recolorization looks awesome, considering what they had to work with. I agree the story didn't need to be six parts. They kind of lost me around episode four and five. But it's still early Pertwee. Joe does well enough with what she's given. I loved Benton being all official and stuff with his acting governor post for as long as it lasted. <laughs> then again, I love anything Benton does. He could be reading the phone book and I'd gladly watch. Master. Heavens open, angels sing, amazing, big finish, wonderfulness. Just agree with everything the boys said. <laughs> Smiley face. <laughs> Horror of glam rock. This story doesn't seem to be too interesting until you really get into it, and then it's vitally important to the overall story arc. This isn't the first time we've had sound as a villain antagonist in Big Finish either. There was a Six Doctor story, I think, that dealt with a monster living in a recording. It was uh, Whispers of Terror, if I remember yeah, correctly. I that's right. Immortal Beloved. This story is the first one that I really loved the first time I listened to these Eighth Doctor adventures. I'm always a sucker for a good love story anyway, even if it's as, che even if it's as cheesy as, dramatic voice, I will totally jump off a cliff to prove my love, stage swoon. <laughs> he did that a little uh, Keanu Reeves, too. I did. That's who was in my head, actually. <laughs> That's unfair. I love Keanu. It's, I shouldn't pick on him. <laughs> Whoa. Hath not a dude eyes. <laughs> but then the story turns around and shows that such a drastic action might not be as corny as it seems at first glance. This story almost reminds me of the movie The Island, where all the clones live and wait until the pe Have you seen this one, Glenn? Uh -uh. It's actually a Michael Bay movie I like. Yeah, spoilers. Okay. All the clones la, 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 la. <laughs> wait until the people who bought them are ready for their organs to be harvested or whatever. Oh, man. Also, spoiler heavy. the pompicity. Pompacity? Pom pompicity. It's pompicity. I'm not wrong. Of the rulers. <laughs> I have to talk if myself into so. things. Well, what do you think it is? I don't know. All right, then. That's why I say, if you say pomposity. so. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> All right. The pomposity. That's a, that, that's uh, pomposity. Right. It's got to be. Of the ruler. What, what the, oh. Chrissy, you're our number one fan. You ought to know by now we can't spell. <laughs> why are you putting these big words in your feedback that I have to trip over? God, talk about rescinding things. Take hey, that away from If it you. wasn't in context, I would have had no idea what that word was. So. <laughs> If it wasn't for the pompous nature of the rulers <laughs> naming themselves after Greek gods, just adds to the distastefulness of these characters. How elitist and snobby do you have to be to call yourself Zeus and Hera? <laughs> wow, I'm so glad I didn't choose Zeus at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> You're looking at me, but neither did I. I'm with Hades. <laughs> I am looking at you. <laughs> Uh, I just love how creative the ideas are in this story. These are characters and tropes we've seen before, but they're being done in a new and interesting way, which is par for the course for Big Finish. Thumbs up from me. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. I'm having lots of fun with this new emoji keyboard. I know it doesn't translate to audio, but it's still fun to play with. <laughs> Smiley face. 
Anyway, I've got to take off. I just wanted to get an email out while I was thinking about it. I will try to do better to stay caught up with the podcast. It's one of my best outlets for decompressing after a week of dealing with the news and real-world stuff. And I don't know about anybody else, but I sorely need that from week to week. <laughs> Have a good week, and I'll talk to you all later. Chrissy. Sent from my iPad. Thank you, Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. How'd you get my iPad, Chrissy? Did, did yours actually show the emojis? I just got rectangles. Yeah, mine shows the emojis. Well, we have, I'm on we have Apple products, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for feedback. All right. Well, let's jump right into reviews. Horror of glam rock. <laughs> the Doctor and Lucy go glam when the TARDIS makes an unexpected landing in 1974. Slade, the sweet, and Susie Quattro are the top of the pops. And brother and sister duo, the Tomorrow Twins, will soon be joining them if Arnold Korn's star-making Svengali has his way. But will their dreams turn into dust at a service station somewhere on the M62 besieged by a pack of alien monsters? Dun-dun-dun! I enjoyed this one. This was really enjoyable. Yay! You want to start, Sean? Um... This this one for me has a lot of, uh, of, of, of fanboy glee in it, um, starting with the play on the title, <laughs> which I yeah. loved. <laughs> I was like, oh, you had me at hello. <laughs> I really don't care what this one's about. Okay. <laughs> um I like the uh, I like the fact that they're kind of still dealing with Lucy, and that this is as close as the Doctor is allowed to get to her own time zone. It's an interesting idea. You know, the, 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 whatever the, the Time Lords have going on is like, nope. <laughs> um, I think Lucy continues to grow as a character um, in this. Uh, um, and I, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's a typical Doctor Who story. It's one of my favorite Doctor Who trope type stories where it's based under siege, where we've got a, an isolated outpost and we've got a group of people stranded and there's elements of weather <laughs> and there's something outside. It's like, okay. Bring it. <laughs> so uh, all of that works for me. Um, yeah, I, th- I think the music note thing has kind of been done before um, in, in in other areas. All I could think of when he's playing with the what's what's the name of the stylophone? What is the name of that? Is it called a stylophone? Is it called a stylophone? I think so. Yeah, stylophone. Oh. Well, while talking, see, I knew something. When I, when, when I, I am. That's two. <laughs> when, I, when I hear Tommy playing with the stylophone, in my head, it looks just like the thing that um, Gwildorf built in the Masters of the Universe movie <laughs> that plays musical notes and yeah. has all the whirly keys and yeah. teeth on the end of it. Yeah. And it pretty much performs the same purpose. It opens dimensional gateways. Right. <laughs> so it's like, all right, that's what a that's what a stylophone apparently looks I didn't like. Think of that. No wonder Bowie wanted one. <laughs> Just what I imagined was a mini guitar. I'm sure that's probably closer to what it actually <laughs> is. Because the, the sounds that came out of it were not that impressive. No. <laughs> it sounds pre-synthesized synthesizer. So I kind of had a keyboard in my head as well. But. Um, I loved Antipat. <laughs> what a cool idea, too. Of And I, I really hope they revisit the idea. Like, when Lucy eventually gets back to her actual time. 
that she shows up and talks to Auntie Pat and the, and Auntie Pat remembers all of this and kind of have that timey-wimey aspect to it. I really look forward to seeing that being paid off. Because my first thought when she realized and spit out, you're my Auntie Pat and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no! <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing. <laughs> as breaking like, no. Don't do that! <laughs> There's a rule against that. Obviously, this is only her second adventure because which she is, doesn't know. Which is funny because the doctor never chastises her for doing that. Of course, I he's kind of preoccupied the whole time. I, I, I wondered if the doctor, did he really know that? She calls her Auntie Pat okay. in front of him at one point. Okay. And that's remember. what I expected. I, well, that's what I expected the doctor says, to say uh, or come up with some excuse or something. Yeah, she, and she looks at the doctor and says, so she, you're, you're from the future? She wasn't lying? Yeah. And he's like, yep. Yep, there was there was no cover-ups. He was up front with everybody, and it was, yeah. I imagine it's times like this that the doctor thinks to himself, if only I had something that I could show people <laughs> that I, I, wouldn't have to, I wouldn't have to explain it. I Sometimes just... it's easier to lie yeah. and say, you know, you're somebody else. But then in certain situations, it's like, well... I have to convince you. So, nine hundred years of time and space travel, and he had to be thinking to himself: psychic paper, psychic. Yeah, <laughs> psychic paper. The next time I stop off in that market on Akaton, baby, I'm picking some of that up because I need it now. Um, and and as always, Paul McGann is so yes. thoroughly yeah. yes, yes, enjoyable. Yes, yes, yes. Um, no matter which mode he's taking, if he's the the whimsical. Oh, we'll just stop off for you know a bite to eat, and this is you know roadside cuisine. It doesn't right, get any better than right. this. Or if he's the chastising, I can't believe you let him go out there, and you know, you know, they look at him, he's torn apart. Or if he's the, where's the funnel? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the funnel was <laughs> oh, kind of integral <laughs> to my plan, you know. Um, just every, I, I, you want to talk about people that could read the phone book, and I would just be raptured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'd have to be an English phone book. I think it'd be a little more interesting than, you know, Anderson. Um, we don't have Andersons in the UK? No, but just, they, I'm sure they have funny numbers. <laughs> <laughs> At least numbers in a different order than you're used to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, nothing, there's no joke there. I just, you know. Do they still use, like, Welling 456? Is that a, is that a phone number in England? I don't know. No idea. In my head, it is. So, <laughs> anyway. No, I just know they have like ten more numbers than we do. Well, yeah. all more reason because then Paul would read more to me. <laughs> read to me, Paul. Yeah. Even I really enjoyed all the characters. Even you're not supposed to enjoy like you're not supposed to like Arnold. <laughs> We're listening to this. I mean, hey, that's um. Uh, Wilf. Bernard Cribbins. And I went, ah. Oh. Then as the more I listened to it, the more I listened to it. I don't like Wilf in this one. No, he's kind of a <laughs> he's jerk. He's not Wilf. <laughs> but I still enjoyed the character and the, yeah. and the portrayal and almost almost character growth he gets. The, yeah. the, the, the characters, the performance is right in line with the type of character that's written here. And yeah. That's what I think is, is done so well. Because, well, I think Bernard Cribbins still sounds... Like Wolf, I mean, he just has that because that's his voice. He portrays this guy as this smarmy promoter who thinks of the you know popular the uh, yeah popularity and everything ahead of people getting killed and slaughtered. I mean, he's he's the first one wants to get them out of there, not because 
we're running away from this thing and we're scared. It's because I've got to get these guys on top of the pops tomorrow. And yeah. it's right in line with this character. And I, I think that's that's what you mean by the enjoyment of the character. You don't like him, but you're not no. supposed to like him. So but it's, that makes it an even better character. Yeah, it's almost like you're not supposed to like Darth Vader, but I love him. Right, it's, right. it's one of those type of things. It's the villain you kind of love to hate. Yeah. Um, and Flo was so enjoyable. Yeah. And I thought it was a nice little bit of serendipity following our Wurzel Gummage stuff that Una Stubb shows up in Doctor yeah. Who. <laughs> I had no idea she was ever on talked about on that it. last week and then I was, or the, two weeks ago. And then I was like, oh, hey, look here. <laughs> that just shows serendipity follows us around. <laughs> I'd like to say I did that on purpose. <laughs> nope. You'd still like, like the other uh, serendipity still that's like happening to say this it, week. Yeah, I'd like to say I planned that one out. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, with the anniversary of yeah. Genesis. Were you as a, oh, wow, cool, as I was? Well, I was a, huh. (laughs) (laughs) And in the front of my mind going, there's no way in heck he planned that. (laughs) There was a lot of great moments in this. Um, I'll tell you what I didn't like. I did. Oh, boy. I didn't like the guy that played the uh, the singer the the what was his name Tommy Tomorrow Tommy, Tommy Tomorrow. Tomorrow I just and I think the guy's actually a uh, recording artist from what I understand Oh really Yeah and the song that's featured in this I think they released a single that you think you'd get through Big Finish because this guy actually had and this was a song I think that he had already recorded or was planning to record it was going to go on one of his albums and they released it you know. After this is kind of a correlation between this and that. I, I, I read that on some off-site, so that may not be official. Well, according but. to the TARDIS wiki, the music was by Tim Sutton and lyrics written by Barnaby Edwards, but performed by him, but yeah. by the two of them. Ah. The actor Stephen Gately apparently was an Irish pop singer, songwriter, actor, children's writer, right. and dancer, right. uh, who was one of the two lead singers of the pop group Boyzone. Boyzone, that's right. <laughs> They were very big, apparently, in uh, in late 90s. (laughs) All of Boyzone's studio albums hit number one in the United Kingdom. So, (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, it didn't get One Direction big. No. Uh, The song was later released as his first single. That's what I'm thinking of. In five years. That's what I'm thinking of. Because and it then got he released. died, it would be yeah. his final musical release. That's right. That's really? What that, oh, that's what now, I'm don't you feel bad? Huh? <laughs> well, I'm he sure he's a beautiful singer, but he was, he's still a lousy performer. <laughs> actor, actor. He's a lousy actor. He just had that. He was supposed he, to be that he, moony, yeah. you know, and, and he did glam the, rock. I thought he did the job you know, well. It's just the role was the kind of, man. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of. The gal that played his sister, on the other hand. She, she, did a good she, job. she did a fine job. Yeah. Uh, there was one other thing that bothered me about that. Well, and it wasn't it wasn't a big bother. And we already talked a little bit about it. But there was a so there were so many times that Lucy and the doc. Oh, I know what the other thing was. Lucy and the doctor were were leading on who they were and not pretending to be somebody else. Like you get very familiar with you know at least the doctor steering the conversation away from we're time travelers and we came we come from the future blah blah. They were just right in your face. Yeah, that's and it was especially when he's letting. Um, uh, Lucy, 
you know, tell Aunt Sally. Well, they, again, they were by themselves when they she discovers separate, that. Yeah. But when he, she's saying that, calling her that in front of him, and he's not calling her out or saying, you know, there could be repercussions. We can't do this. You know, changing the history, you know, the course of time, blah blah blah. It wasn't getting any sort of lectures. I thought eh, it feels a little out of place, but okay. It's it's a forty five or a fifty minute story, so yeah, you, you, you kind of yeah, you just that. don't have time to push on to that. If it had been well, and- if it had been a two hour story, then yeah, we would have probably had one. At least one episode of the dealing web of with time that. being yeah. damaged. Yeah, but. and in my mind, I kind of retconned it in the fact of the doctor kind of was like, "Well, the damage is already done. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. have stopped her from telling it. They I know, so I'm not going to bother trying to lie about it." Is how I kind of fixed it in my mind. I just hope we get some exploration of it later. Yeah, since I know it is kind of an ongoing, more in the line of new series storytelling. My um, my other issue was with, the, with this was I thought. After what happened and the relationship that they had in the Blood of the Dogs two-parter, it seemed a little too chummy yeah, by I this agree. point. I had that it was really too. quick turnaround. And the only thing that I, I could perceivably allow it in my head is that there maybe they've had some adventures between now and Blood of the Dogs. And the only reason I kind of qualify that is because she says that she's talking to, I think it's Aunt Sally. Aunt Sally. <laughs> and, uh, Auntie, Auntie Pat. Pat. It, Auntie Pat. I think she was talking to her. She'd seen a lot of things by now, and this doesn't surprise her. And, and I thought, well, because okay, you saw a lot in Blood of the Daleks, yeah. but I wouldn't qualify this as I've seen a lot of things, so this isn't weird type thing. So. Which, and if I remember correctly from Blood of the Daleks, she was kind of hijacked from Earth and taken there. Right, right. right. So she, this was her first off. That was her first other world. Exactly. Well, so that's that's a, that was kind of my point was she seemed a little too familiar with everything or, or relaxed and casual about everything for not having been with the doctor for that long. Well, and she mentions to Tommy when he's talking about, you know, the only ones and she's like, <laughs> no, I'm still yeah, kind of new yeah. at this, but so you, yeah, you still so kind of get the impression that there may it's have still been early on, but there may have been something dropped in there. Cause it really, the only bit that you get is right at the beginning inside the TARDIS where she's talking about going to be sick because of the time buffering or whatever. And, and you know, that, that feels brand new. You yeah. Know. Like this is her first yes. trip in the TARDIS. Yes. That, yes. that feels yes. against each other. But then once they land and kind of get into it, I don't know. I kind of think it's refreshing in a way that she snaps to, and he says, will you go do this? Yes, doctor. Because she knows that we are in a situation and mm-hmm. yeah. based which also, on performance, he's going to get us out. Which <laughs> also gives me the impression there had to have been more stories because they were just, that was, she was just too familiar with everything that it didn't feel like the third story. You know, it felt like a middle of the season story. And, yeah. uh, so again, I, I, I kind of wrote was, that off as maybe they've had, other adventures besides this, and I don't, well, and don't I don't recall anywhere where it tied this directly to right off the heels of Blood of yeah. the Dogs either. So, and in my mind, while listening to it, I thought, okay, well, maybe there's some backstory we don't know yet of yeah, before yeah. she wound up on the Dalek planet. Well, that's, I hadn't thought of that. That could so, be and, and it wasn't until after I was like, well, no, they kind of made it sound like in the Blood of the Dalek she was hijacked. she was pulled yeah, right yeah, off. She so went straight kind of, from there to there. Um, unless there's more to her that we don't know. Which obviously there is more to her we don't know about with the headhunter coming after her, et cetera, right, et cetera. Right. Which I presume. Ooh, that's a fancy watch. Key. Where'd fancy you get that? Watch. Look great. Really? It's like a predator yeah. watch. Wow. It's it's a. I canceled too soon. It's a blink time. <laughs> this was part of the uh, spy box. Okay. It's a blink time watch where you press the button and numbers show up and then go away, and then you can push it again for like 
dates and time. Huh, that's pretty like cool. It. Sorry, that's I was distracted. Sorry, <laughs> listener, that you can't see this. I don't normally this, wear but... a watch. <laughs> well, that's what it was like. Why do you have this thing strapped to your wrist? It's not a Fitbit. It's, it's a Captain watch. Jack thing. <laughs> um, Look, mine appears too. Man. <laughs> <laughs> But it also tells me how long I slept and how many steps I took. And, I'm still and getting used to wearing it. I wouldn't have gotten it. Right. <laughs> I wonder maybe if they did that on purpose, um, just on the off chance that they ever want to go back <clears throat> and, 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 and do more Lucy Miller adventures, that they purposely left themselves a gap here, just in case. That, um, Could have. Yeah, it's possible. That, that option's available to them. I also liked all of the uh, the nods to the uh, the music of the time. Oh, yeah. Um mm-hmm. In particular, uh, Arnold's comment, hey, doctor, leave those kids alone. Yeah. <laughs> Which had me rolling. And then um, the, the, the initial guy that gets eaten uh, out in the snow with the top hat and everything, and it's like, well, I don't know who you think that this is really supposed to be, but it sure sounds like Elton John to me. <laughs> That's who I'm picturing. So. Poor Elton didn't, but, you know. But then, of course, Bowie and everybody else is like, oh, yay, more stuff. Yeah. So, There's a lot of Bowie references. A lot of Bowie references. Which, in the song that they wrote, sounded a lot like uh, Major Tom. Well, that's what they're going for, because it yeah. was glam rock. Yeah. And the um, the reorganization of the theme song at the end. Did you get all the way through the credits to the <laughs> the glam rock who theme? Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. Nice that was a nice touch. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so... Yeah, this one was a winner for me. I yeah, liked it. Quite enjoyable. Still enjoying the Eighth Doctor adventures. Yeah. So we move on to Immortal Beloved. Theos- Theosophy? Ha, ah, surely you mean Theophany. Because we're not talking about real gods here, are we? We're talking about the appearance of gods. Your heavenly power is a little too mechanical for my liking. And if I may be so bold, Lord Zeus, your demeanor is not very godlike. Is that the uh, that's the publisher's summary? Oh my gosh, that's that's a bad, total I giveaway. Couldn't, I couldn't find another one. That's a total giveaway. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know what I, I, I can give the story a dun dun dun, but I can't give that <laughs> synopsis one. That synopsis kind of sucked. This was such a cool approach to. What starts off as a Romeo and Juliet type story, where we're coming at the end of it, and then it totally turns everything on its head. Where we know, of course we know, the doctor's going to keep them from committing suicide, but then it just go- keeps going places that I never expected it to go. Even discovering that, oh, these are clones and they're replacing, doing the mind transfer, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, it just kept surprising me and surprising me and surprising me. It was so well done. I really enjoyed this one, too. I'm with you. I, I just I, when it starts and we're doing Romeo and Juliet on the cliff, it's like uh, okay, and then helicopters showed up. I was like, oh, wait a minute, this isn't a period piece. All right, and just from 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 moment one, I was off balance. Oh yeah, through the whole thing, and and thought I knew where they were going with it, and then didn't. Well, and you almost buy into the Zeus and. Hera and all the god stuff, and then you remember the helicopter stuff, and you're like, "Well, wait a minute!" <laughs> and the magic sticks, some yeah, yeah. The, all all the names for things that <clears throat> what? And it just they built such a rich world in such a short amount of time, and then expanded on it and expanded on it and expanded on it. I really enjoyed it, and I thought Ian McNeese did a great job as Zeus Ian too. Was yeah. great as Zeus. I could definitely hear it was him without even knowing he was in the credits. Um, see, and I. I think it kept take it kept taking the right amount of turns to keep me 
interested, but I thought every time it took a turn, the outcome was predictable. So like it would, it would, it would, I would guess something, it would happen, then it would change course. Mm. I would guess something that would happen, and then it would. Change. So it felt very predictable to me. Hmm. Um, it did keep turning, and then I was like, "Okay, I didn't expect that." You know, "Oh, okay, I expected that." Oh, but I didn't expect that. So that that was kind of how this one played out for me. Um, I didn't think it was particularly acted well, which is strange because it was Ian McNeese. Um, I thought he did a good job. I thought some of the others didn't do as See, good as they could I, have been. Maybe that was the problem is there was so much. I mean, I thought Ares, the guy that played Ares was pretty dry. I thought the guy that played Hera was pretty dry. Uh, even the guy that played, uh, who's the the main love interest guy, the uh, his, his, his first clone. Calkin. He was kind of dry. The, the actress that played the his lover was, was good. Sarati was good. Um, so it was just, it was, it was a bit meandering at times, but, um, I like the concept overall. I give it props <coughs> for the concept and for what you said about it with the, I did the same thing thinking it was going to be something else and then it wasn't. And they even, they even set you up with, with dialogue when Lucy's equating it to Romeo and Juliet, you do in your mind go, okay, this is a Romeo and Juliet story. Yeah. And so you do start to play that out in your head and they, they do switch that up on you. And I appreciated that. It, so I, I can't put my finger on but something feels familiar about this. And so I'm just shy of saying, well, it felt a little tropish, but I can't, I can't identify why I felt that way. And I've been thinking about it since I finished listening to it, and I still can't put my finger on it, but it felt really familiar to me for some reason. So mm. that maybe kind of sullied my appreciation for it, but I, I certainly don't give it a hearty dun-dun-dun, but I enjoyed the story. It was, it was another one in the line um, – of hey, this is really good what they're doing with the Eighth Doctor, and it feels very much in line with Doctor Who and how you know the, the stories. Just to me, feel they should be told, and it was a nice pr- surprise. And I didn't realize this until I'd listened to a uh, behind the scenes that uh, this was the one that uh, the first one that Jake McGann shows up in. He yeah. plays the youngest clone, Ganymede. Yes. See, and I. Th- some of the twists I saw coming, but other ones, especially near the end, where the machine doesn't work for Hera, and then that the killing of Zeus, I did not. Ex- I I almost expected this from the start. I almost expected this story to be one of those almost pertwee endings of every of the clones die and the the original, and they keep living. Let me tell you, keep going. And let me tell you why I didn't think that because it's not really been in the scheme of things in most recent Doctor Who we've listened to and especially in these Paul McGann audios and so I didn't ever feel they were going that way and I think maybe because I felt that way mm. that's why I was I was on the fence thinking she's Hera's really not in her body she's pretending and so then when he does the same thing then I went back to the Romeo and Juliet thing kind of the opposite I knew, where I, I she, knew. she kills herself because he's pretending but I thought they're going to go the other direction. They're not going to make this a tragic, tragic love story. He's going to have been so. I, at that point, that was predictable to me. See, I, I kind I could, of suspected that's what I, I was could doing. tell. Hera had switched. Like I could tell that hadn't actually happened. This from the portrayal, right? But it was Zeus that kind of caught me by surprise. They did that better. I give yeah. you that. Yeah, but I well, still suspect. And I, part of my thought in that could be coming off the heels of the mind of evil and kind of a tragic ending there. And being in a kind of per tweed tragic Indian mindset. True. Which, and then 
on horror glam rock with so many people dying. <laughs> it kind of it was a bloodbath. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and this almost is, this pretty much is too with as many people almost as much as horror glam, uh, glam rock bite it, uh, cons- considering that Hera, Zeus. There was somebody else who died, wasn't there? The guy that uh, Ares clone. Yeah, the original, the, the first guy. So it was just considering that they did the whole transfer with Ares. I kind of thought they might just continue that trend and it be successful. The other thing that I thought, I felt that Lucy wasn't consistent with the last story we listened to with Horror Glam Rock because. Her and the Doctor got so chummy and buddy-buddy and really fe- felt in sync through Horror Glam Rock. And they did throughout the first part of this one. But then there's sort of that wedge, not purposely driven. It just it happens because of circumstance. And the Doctor, in his arrogance, usually knows what's going on before the companion does. When she's running off to save... Um, help me out. The, the, the clone girl... And she's uh, trying to um, escape with her. Sorati. And she's thinking, well, you know, I, I, her motives were good, but that's where she wanted to push the, or she wanted to crash the TARDIS so they couldn't get off world to get the parts to fix the machine. That's a noble effort. I, I, I acknowledge that. But as chummy chummy and. It felt out of character for Lucy. Yeah, because she, she was so ready to follow orders from the doctor previously that she didn't trust that he would have a plan in this one and she was taking it upon herself to because the doctor was not incapacitated in any way he yeah. was certainly suspected to have been captured he was forced to use the machine but i still think i would have as a companion based on the character that we had just explored with lucy and him in this <coughs> in the glamour uh, horror glam rock in this situation she runs off to take Matters in her own hand again, which was more in line with the blood of the Daleks, Lucy. Yeah. But it was like, but we've already had this story where we've already, we've developed the character in this direction. It almost feels like one of those episodes in a television season that's shot out of order and then plucked <laughs> in here. You know what I mean? And so you, yeah. everything feels a bit off. That's what horror glam rock does after listening to this one and feeling like we've gone back to – we've kind of slidden back with Lucy's character. So that was my biggest problem with this one. But overall, it, it was a good story. It was it was it was enjoyable. Well, it helps also that does it doesn't help that it's I'm an isolated Sh- story. It's a standalone. There's no. I keep waiting for Sean to chime in here and ex- to tell me why that's not right. But <laughs> I, I, I'm suffering from uh, from some some fairly big mental blocks because I've, I've heard this story. I listened to them all originally, uh, and I didn't get to the re-listen this week. So I'm kind of playing per- mostly off of memory. Yeah, and the parts that I really remember. Were Zeus. I remember most of Ian McNeese's dialogue because I thought he was very good well, and, and very and powerful and very over the top. When they first yeah. get together to talk, there well, and then really later when 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 he there. when he goes downright creepy because he's lusting after Lucy and threatening the Doctor with not only will I clone her, I will clone her and kill her over and over and well, over and again just to really drive that point home. And yeah. then there's the implication of rape again in yeah. the show, which made me a little bit more uncom- uncomfortable. Yeah. More sexual violence against women. Um, and then uh, uh, Hera. Um, well, and, and maybe that's why you can't address my points. It makes sense that I've heard these fresh together. And off just coming off of Blood of the Daleks right. last month or two months ago. And so 
I'm noticing it maybe, and maybe had you been able to listen, re-listen into it this time, you maybe you would. See I might have had a different take on it because now when, when I listen to them, I did. I I, I mainline these. Right, I kind of right, went right. Nah, 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 and 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 chewed through them. Um, and you know, it's it's entirely possible maybe these were. You know, shot out of order. Maybe the production block insisted shot. that we we, 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 we we record this one versus that one, and you know, then when they send them out to uh, to BBC Seven, they just said uh, this one next. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, the problem with that, then, I don't think I don't think Horror of Glam Rock. If if, if you if you reversed them and you listen to this one first, I don't think you'd get the same feeling with horror glam rock coming next because of that open yeah that yes, feels like yes. it's coming off of yes yeah of blood of the daleks immortal yeah. beloved was recorded before horror glam rock was it really but the way it was written for horror glam rock it, like you just said it, didn't it would have been written sense. chronologically i would yeah. assume they just shoot just it out of, it out of order or shoot it now i'm just saying shoot it <laughs> shot it recorded just it. like it, 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 more than anything it'd be performance wouldn't be the same. The, the way it was written is what your complaint is. Correct. Her yeah. performance. Because I thought her performance maybe was she just came, but, but maybe in her performance, she just came across a little more that way in one or the other. No, it's because I think her performance I think was, her performance was she, As far yeah. as talent, her performance was it, it's, it's a yeah. plot point that's written in that's yeah. necessary for added drama to the end of the story, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't work for Lucy. Right. Well, Lucy stays pretty... Um, Consistent. I think. I mean, she, 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 as as these progress, Lucy is still kind of the, um, you know, the buckshot to to. It's 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 not the six Perry clashing, but there is a lot of Perry elements to her. I think where it's like, well, I don't necessarily agree with you, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to make it very vocally clear that I don't agree with you, <laughs> but I'll go along with it. Um, and I thought she was pretty consistent through, throughout the run. But like I said, I, I wish I'd been able to get to this one and, and, and really re-listen to it just to, to kind of refresh my memory. Um, I also just really like the ideas behind it. And, oh, yeah. I think the concept And how great. they, they con- or colonized this planet and then decided to – it was the ship crew that is are the immortals and – they decided to use Greek names as a kind of a joke and in joke, <laughs> and then it became part of society. Which yeah, I think is it, it was cool. such a cool thing, and they and it got so far that they couldn't even remember their real names, mm-hmm. like Poseidon's. I, I, there was just a, I just bought into a lot of it, and I thought it was really cool. It's uh, apparently um, inspired by was this Roger Zelani. Zelanzi's Hugo award-winning novel Lord of Light, in which the crew of a generational spaceship posing as gods using high-tech science, masquerading as godlike powers, and maintaining immortality by migrating minds between bodies. By way of homage, the name of the character Kalkin is a reference to one of the names given to the central protagonist in the novel. Oh. Hmm. Cool. So they decided they liked that and stole it. <laughs> <laughs> I also tend to be a sucker for good artists stories. create great artists. Great steal. artists steal. Um, Elspeth Gray, who played Hera, um, well, you may have thought she was flat, um, may have also been channeling her inner time lady because she also appeared in Doctor Who previously. Uh, she was in Ark of Infinity as, um, oh, I had it here. Where did it go? Thalia. Thalia? Is that right? That's what TARDIS Wiki says. Thalia, isn't it? Thalia. Thalia. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I can picture her. <laughs> <laughs> and she's got one of those voices that I swear when I was listening to this, I was like, oh, Big Phoenix has used her a lot. Oh, I, I thought familiar so. enough for that. But she hasn't. <laughs> well, but Ironically, I wonder if maybe you 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 were thinking that because she was Thalia. Maybe that's, the, uh, yeah, maybe, well, sure, yeah, we'll go with that. My, <laughs> my brain latched on to well, that. Know, Bernard Cribbins, not so much. Well, this woman, sure. Good point. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. But, um... Ironically, uh, the the guy who played Kalkin has been in a few. Previously listened to Big Bang and Boom. Bang, Bang and Boom. He was uh, Nicky. I don't remember who Nicky was now. Nicky Newman. <laughs> oh, he was the... Uh, um, he was the contestant. The contestant, yeah. Yeah. But um, I said, maybe it's the... Just, I mean, I, the idea is very Star Trek. Maybe that's where it's, it's yeah. kind of bleeding through. Because you're getting a little bit of the gods. You're very getting a little classic bit. Star Trek, very classic Star Trek. Very classic Star Trek. Not necessarily with the specifics of the story, but with some of the elements of it. Yeah, I can see that totally. So maybe that's why it. Because uh, now that you've said that, it's, you're, you, you, you've, you've plucked at the, the sweater thread. And now I'm going, <laughs> yeah, it's out there somewhere. I've heard this before. <laughs> but I can't put my finger on where either. I still like it. I still the, think it's the a, trappings were enjoyable enough for me to overlook those issues. Yeah, and, and really, that's where I come down. I like, 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 like you were saying the the, the Zeus Doctor um, conversations. I <laughs> they think had were, really good chemistry together. Yeah. Well, th- those the dialogue between the two was was very enjoyable as well because they it was that point counterpoint mm-hmm. uh, essence yeah. of a conversation that was really well done and played out very well. And so I, 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 I agree that I like that. I thought they they did a very, very nice job of of that. Um, well and Zeus is an I interesting will, I liken that to the performance. I think the performance I think that performance was good. It was it seemed like other elements of Zeus seemed out of character out of place. I See think. I, th- I think Zeus is an interesting villain because he, he doesn't necessarily um at least initially, he doesn't see himself as the villain. He, no, he, 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 as he, any he, good villain. He, he, yeah, right. I mean, he genuinely believes that everything he's doing makes perfect sense. And when the doctor comes along, when the doctor comes along and says, "Are you nuts?" and he goes, "No, no, this is all great," and they have this huge discourse between the two of them about, "Well, what about this? Well, what about this? Well, what about this? What about this?" But then it does get down to the violence against women and the implied rape that you you you. You, you, he you actually start seeing him you, as a villain. You, you see him as the no. You're, yeah. you're just the cardboard stand-up, you know, villain that you know the doctor sees you as. And I, I thought that was an interesting, you know, like peeling up back the, the the onion, just as the layers kept going to get down to that. And I was like, aha, there he is. Now he's a villain, yeah. you know, because you almost like Zeus initially, almost. You're not supposed to. I mean, he's he's yeah. not he's not he's not like well, he's, he's one of those likable, laid back characters at first. Yeah, at first he's he's, he's kind of the the anti Bernard Cribbins from from yeah. the other one, where he, you, you, you like him even though he's not such a nice guy. And this one, you think, oh, cool. Can you oh, go wait? F- no, I don't like him anymore. Hera, can you go facilitate this transfer? I had a lot to drink last night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungover and slightly still drunk. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> Which and that totally fits with the Greek aspect too. Yeah, that's a great way to introduce the character. I like. Um, I, I have a question for you. I don't remember now. Was it um, Holly who, who who questioned? You know, does this question your thoughts on immortality? 
Well, it, it, mess, it questions thoughts on immortality in that method. Because obviously that method is corrupt and doesn't work. See, because I would totally use up all of your clones if it meant I could keep going. I don't know. And his. <laughs> <laughs> no qualms whatsoever with it. It's, it's, it's a, definitely an interesting approach to immortality as opposed to somebody staying young forever. It's resetting and starting over. It's mm-hmm. a really interesting idea. And the exploration also of Hera and Zeus's relationship while... When they're young, they have a great relationship, and when they're older, they start looking at other people. It's really interesting and somewhat adult ideas they're exploring that I really appreciate it also. It does certainly allow you to sympathize with the antagonists in the story because, I mean, we'd certainly, as you said, we would certainly do anything to continue our lives. Nobody, nobody, very few people welcome death. But on the flip side of that, That's what these clones are basically born and bred for. But when you get that one rogue element in there, as we mm-hmm. did with this couple, then it that's when the morality issue becomes really front and surface because it's almost like the Ood, how appalled that both Rose and um, Donna are over the idea of this slave race. But when it's a slave race, that's that's what they're they're born for. That's part of their... That's part of their social makeup and everything is the fact that this is what I live for is to be this vessel for your next life. And when everybody's in line with that, it's It's, it's a lot easy. harder to be against it. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. easier to side with that idea, that ideal, until you have that rogue element that's introduced and then you think, well, they have rights too. You know, they have the right to life as well. So it, you know, you, you kind of go along that road. So I don't know. It's interesting. It, there's it's, there's a bit of a morality issue in there, morality yeah. tale in there. Which I, I didn't think of the island until they mentioned it. And yeah, it is kind of similar. And the morality issues that are brought up it's the the similarity more than anything else. Yeah. I didn't think of the island at all. <laughs> Imagine that, a Michael Bay movie that deals with morality. <laughs> You should see the island. It's, it's pretty good. It's yeah. Okay. And you know how I feel about Michael Bay. It's pre Transformers, Michael Bay. So if that helps. And it's Ian McKellen and or not Ian McKellen. Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor and uh I do Scarlett remember Johansson. That. I do remember that advertised. All right, Sean. What do you got coming up on the schedule? Well, next is Phobos, but we're not ready for that one yet. That's the next That's uh, the next uh, audio. Okay. Phobos? Phobos. Weird. That's a fun one. They're all fun uh, in, 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 in varying ways. Uh, coming up next, <laughs> they're all fun in varying ways. <laughs> in varying ways. Uh, coming up next week on the schedule, uh, celebrating its fortieth. Is that what we determined? No, I can't be right. Forty years, seventy Could something. Be. Yeah, yeah, seventy-five would be because the whole show's years. only fifty. <laughs> yeah, Forty years. That seems weird. Celebrating its 40th anniversary this week is Genesis of the Daleks. Is it, is it an even number? I mean, we're just automatically saying 40th, but it could be its 37th. But I think it was. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't read that closely. 23rd can't be the 25th because the 25th. Well, yeah, the 25th 
would have been five doctors two years ago. So I got that from someone else on the internet. So yeah, yeah may not it, be right. It was April nineteen seventy five, March to April nineteen seventy five. So it was forty years. Yep. Wow. So it's that's, that story. I'm I'm three years older, or two years older than that story. I'm also two years older. How does that three work? Years, three years older. You're older than. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember if I'm turning forty two or forty three this year. I'm I'm forty two now, so you must be turning forty three. I must be. So technically, its final episode aired on Saturday. Oh yeah, this coming Saturday. This, this last Saturday. this last Saturday. this past Saturday. Um, but. We, at any rate, a long time ago, on your TV screen, far, far away, Genesis of the Daleks was on. And this Friday night, it will be on again, because we're doing it for Friday Night Who. So, uh, uh, at least the first three parts of it. So, uh, please join us for that. And um, that uh, brings up, uh, because we've already reviewed Genesis, obviously, we will be doing Beyond the Doctor on our show next week with Tom Baker as Sherlock Holmes in Hound of the Baskervilles. Which was throwing me under the bus on that <laughs> schedule post. So just blame Glenn. Just blame Glenn. Well, yeah, I had a good reason. You did. Still your fault. I'm trying to remember what it was, but no. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sean was very adamant in his defense that we should be pairing that up with Towns of Wing Chang because the Doctor portrays a Sherlock Holmes esque character in Talons. And aside from my not wanting to watch Talents for Friday Night Who, which was the main motivator, he had already put Genesis out there, and I thought that was a good idea. And I defended that adamantly and remembered that Jago and Lightfoot make their first appearance in Talons, and we will be reviewing Jago and Lightfoot's um, series eventually, which would make a better pairing for Talons of Wing Chang. So that is the reason we are doing Genesis. Not to mention, by deciding to do Genesis, Sean came up with some very cool concepts for um, the following shows uh, ahead. So I think it all worked out really well. And now if you want to blame me, I'll take all that credit now because You're I set welcome. forth in motion some really stellar stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Which I had already planned to do because I put Genesis out there first and then said maybe we should change it. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, but if I hadn't pushed you just keep it on the schedule. It would have been pushed back. <laughs> it would have been pushed back. Instead Talons and Jago and Lightfoot have been pushed back. Yeah. Because we're not ready to start those yet. Well, I suppose we could. We could just suppose jump in anywhere. Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah. yeah. I think. So maybe we, maybe we should. I don't think those are so much as linear. as. Although they have popped up in, I think, a few... Regular big finish stories before their series, right? Did they re? They were they were brought back for something. Maybe. I think that's what spurred, I know. They, I know they I team up with the Sixth Doctor at one point. Yeah, I think that's what spurred the Jago and Lightfoot series is the fact that they brought them back for an audio or a couple of audios in the main range, and they went, "Hey, these guys are still really good together." So. <laughs> More of this, please. <laughs> well, that's Dr. Phil. He'll know. Uh, but anyway, we, we're not doing Jago and Lightfoot, nor are we doing Talents. <laughs> we're doing Genesis and Hound of the Baskervilles with, with Tom Baker. Uh, and then finishing Genesis the following uh, week and um, discussing, are the Daleks better off without Davros? Because Genesis is kind of the, Genesis is the first introduction. Genesis is, here he is. This is Davros. And here's 
everything you get. And um, he kind of stuck around ever since then. So you got to put your thinking caps on. I expect some spirited discussion two weeks from now when we get into that to uh, to determine are they better off. They couldn't beat the Movellans, obviously, but uh, <laughs> yeah, they needed Davros. They needed Davros for that, but I don't know. We can't think. Bring back the creator. <laughs> <laughs> So we're too efficient. So bring back the moron. <laughs> Glenn is apparently not a Davros fan. <laughs> no, he's, I love he's, Davros. He's I taking the Davros. Daleks side on this debate. Well, I love the Daleks too. <laughs> so there's that. All right. And schedule is posted. I, I I don't know if we went over that last time. Um, yes, it is. It is posted and it is on the website. And speaking of things that are on the websites, because we have multiple. We have a, uh, what is this called? Periscope count. We have a... Sp- uh, Periscope. <laughs> Periscope. Like in a submarine. Boo, boo, I almost called it a sp- spaghetti monster. I don't know why. <laughs> if you haven't heard of Periscope, it is I an app not that you can download. What is it, Glenn? Keith tells me that it's for Apple it's only, Apple. and I didn't realize that. But uh, we have a Periscope app that... Or, profile? <laughs> account. Profile. Thank you. Yeah, account. A profile. And it's connected to Twitter. And so what it does is it is a live broadcasting tool. Um, You can live broadcast. uh, A link is posted to Twitter, which you can click on there. Or if you have Periscope and you are following us on Periscope, it will indicate when we are broadcasting live. And so you can get a little insight into our lives on a live basis. And what you can do is you can not talk directly to us, but you can type – uh, comments and questions at the bottom of the screen, and we try to keep a look at those and, and answer those as we go. And we did our first one today. It was our episode two twenty four pre pre uh, pre show show. <laughs> I typed the silly thing; can't remember how it was. And uh, we just had a little fun with it, doing a little test run. Um, we got four viewers on on a cold start, which is to me pretty good because yeah. nobody knew we'd never advertise this ahead of time. Um, what it does is if it comes up, you can see who's live globally, no matter who you are, whether you're following or not. Or you can click on your uh, friends, and it'll tell you if your friends are broadcasting at that time. So if you have Periscope, you know the Periscope app. I think you can even watch Periscope online. Yeah, I think I was watching. Watch yeah. um, hop on there. You can't and, comment. Uh, uh, you can't comment online? Okay. I think so. Uh, or on the internet. Or on the <laughs> <laughs> web page. Web page, yeah. Um, but anyway, if you want to uh, – we, we, we have no schedule for when we're going to do this tonight. We did it pre-show. We might do it again next week. We might do it post-show next week. We don't know. Um, but I think that's what the kind of the thrill of it is, is it's spontaneous. It's something that we hope to do from time to time. And uh, if you're following us and you obviously have an a Apple phone, um, it will pop up on your phone and notify you when we're there. You can keep you know tabs on it in Twitter. And if you see us pop up on there on Twitter – Click that link. We might be live at that time. I think the other thing that it does is it archives what we've already done. Not according to the website. Ah, okay. I, I just went to the link that we posted, and it's at the app, so I don't know. Oh, okay. I, well, I wonder if on the phone. I wonder if on the phone, on the actual app, you could do that. But anyway, so if that's something you want to do, um, you can get a little insight into the background outside of the show. Um, before you ask, I don't think we're going to periscope any of our actual recording because that would defeat the purpose of you coming <laughs> to the podcast and recording download and download it to hear what we'd say. So um, outside of the show, though, we'll probably try to um, uh, periscope a little bit, maybe when we go to conventions and, and, and things like that. So 
Uh, was there something else, Sean? Was there another online thing? I mean, obviously, people can find us on Facebook on and Twitter Facebook and, and Twitter all the many and, places. Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just go to www.travelingthevortex.com. Click on the, uh, what is it, about us, contact us. I don't remember which page it's on, but there's on one of our pages. It has a lot of links to our show, to our uh, <laughs> other on, social media. On one page. of those pages. One of the pages. I don't know. We should probably include a link to the Periscope. The Periscope. The Periscope. <laughs> the Periscope. <laughs> on the interwebs. <laughs> on the interwebs. Yeah. Um, and obviously, while you're there clicking on things, uh, click our Patreon account. And, yes, please. And please yeah. become a subscriber so that we can continue to get new toys like this Periscope thing that apparently all the kids <laughs> are the rage over. With your Pac-Man video games and hula hoops. <laughs> Stick and hoop. <laughs> All right. Is that going to do it for this week, guys? I, have a I think so. <laughs> Where's the hoop? You know what? It's too bad that show that live piece is not archived because people could go there and find out what you were talking about on that stick. And, yeah, I know. That was all pre-show. I was promised something great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. If that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Apollo. I'm Hermes. That's so two hours ago. <laughs> Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. I'm so going to steal your clone. <laughs> I'm going to snatch him right up. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. <laughs>